Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I was pouring in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Oh, God damn it, man. Oh, my God. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Here we are, another Monday, another fine Monday in Concord, where we get to talk about beer and drink it, which I think is pretty cool. We get to. We get to. We have to, actually. I think it's mandatory. Right. Yeah. It feels more like I have to. Doc's here. And Doc's here. Hey. Hi, Doc. Hi, Doc. You got a beer and everything, too. Look at you. You're ready to go, man. Yeah, well, you need headphones. Well, he has to drink beer. We just went over this. Right, Doc. Weren't you here? Oh, shit. He wasn't here, though. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah, yeah. nothing. Maybe, but that's all right. No, we just started. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, we have a really cool show for you guys today. Colin Kaminsky is back in the studios. The studios. The studios. Colin, how you doing, man? Good. Thank you for having me again. Of course. It's been what, like a hundred thousand years, I think, since you were on. You know, I you know, I was looking into it. I think it's been about three and a half years. Wow, I think maybe it's two and a half. I don't know. It was fall, <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. Knowing you, you'd probably oh. know like the temperature right. and the time and all that stuff. It was probably in. Was it in Justin's house or was it in Martinez? No, it was at Downtown Joe's. Was that Downtown Joe's? Yeah. Oh. Right. But back when I used to be able to uh, drink like a fish on the air and get a ride home. No, you can't do that. No, I can't do that. I've got to be good today. Yeah, you rolled in. You're like, I tried to get a ride, and yeah. nobody would, uh, nobody give you a ride, huh? No, I couldn't. Couldn't quite score one. So that's too bad. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hundred bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uber costs a hundred dollars. Apparently. <laughs> Should have taken Uber. According just to just one way. Get, one, just one way. Get, getting out of Napa is a hundred bucks usually. What That's about, a lot, man. What about getting in? I don't you know. I think, right. I think they pay the Uber guys to drop people off in, in downtown Napa. <laughs> How much money you got? <laughs> Should bring everybody into, right. down, into, into Napa, man. Why not? We have an active tourism board. <laughs> yeah, highly active. They're proactive is what they are, in fact. Uh, well, uh, that's cool, man. I was looking... just going down the street. How'd I end up in right. Napa? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Fairfield. What the fuck's yeah. going on? Someone call it kidnapping. But, yeah. but we call it, it tourism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Active tourism. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to be talking to you, Colin, and we're going to be talking about uh, enzymes. Uh, and then we're also talking about water, of course, because that's your, uh, your kind of thing, right? You, you like know, the it's water sort of guy. become my thing. That's, don't know how. I think we made it in, made, made it in that thing. I, I uh, think you did, Doc. Uh. <laughs> well, I bet if I can't, I don't... Sorry. Colin's camera is currently facing the oh. table. <laughs> Thank God. Hopefully it didn't see anything it wasn't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty amazing shot, let me tell you. It's a translucent ca- uh, camera. It's fine. You'll be all right. Uh, all right. Well, before we get to all the fun stuff, uh, we do have to go through all of our uh, you know, pre-show sh- spiel, I suppose, uh, mainly saying thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. Uh, go to uh, morebeer.com and get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home. Uh, they are the sponsors of this show. They've been sponsor of the Brewing Network since day one. I think they've been pretty much our most vocal supporter. And, uh, you know, we thank them, man. We definitely wouldn't be where we are, uh, wherever that is, uh, without uh, the support of More Beer. And, of course, Colin and I share More Beer in, car- in, in common. We both worked there. and uh, you Chris know, Graham introduced me to Justin. That's how I got on the first show. That's right. Yeah. And you're both huge successes in your field, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colin actually makes good beer. Oh no, no, I, I was yeah. I was only supposed to be that was only supposed to be degrading to JP. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's okay. It says the woman behind the glass. <laughs> It's like no, a ceiling. What, what does she do back there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she shops oh, on Target. It's the best job she's ever had. I do. Yeah. I shop. I, uh, she plays words with friends. <laughs> Not very well. Not very well. I don't spell very well. No. Very good. Master uh, of three-letter words. Yeah. Mm. Hella. That's four. Well, who knows? Who I'm real good say? at those, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does fine. Bev does a fine job. She does a great job. Yeah, I suppose. At Words with Friends? At Words with Friends. No, no, I'm still terrible at that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so thank you to More Beer. And in fact, uh, thank you to all of our sponsors. We uh, literally wouldn't be here without all of them. So anybody you hear on the show tonight uh, via commercial or live in studio, uh, definitely hit them up. uh, Order anything that they have uh, to sell. And then thank them, please, for being a part of the Brewing Network. uh, Because we rely on them to, uh, you know, to keep the show going, man. So, uh, you know, hit them up. Support the people who support us. That'd be really great. Uh, you can also support us by doing your Amazon shopping via our link that's on our homepage, uh, as well as hitting up the store and buying some hella sick merch. We do have hella sick merch. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I don't know, that's about it. Justin always has like five minute like spiel for the, for the sponsors and stuff to come on, but, uh, you know, before, the, uh, before we get to the good stuff, but I don't. You mean a oh. rant? Did, I mean a, a rant, rant. Yeah. yeah. Did I hear Pico Brews a sponsor? Pico Brew, yeah, Pico Brew's a sponsor. I, I kind of yeah. like that. I've always wanted to see one of those systems. Really? It's, it's at my house now. Yeah, it's at Doc's house right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see them online, and I've had yeah. beer out of them. I've had really nice beers out of them. Yeah, I haven't made any nice beer out of them. Well, um, but, um, <clears throat> um, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't hold that against the Pico Brew. Uh, no, yeah, nothing I'll against the Pico Brew. People go, oh, I've never had, never really had beer out of the Pico Brew. Well, how does it, uh, you know, how does it taste? I'm going, I don't know. It tastes like shit to me, but that's my fault. It's not the system's <laughs> no. fault. 
Um, and actually, the last two batches I've brewed, uh, well, one uh, you know leaked out of the keg, and then the other uh, is still sitting in the carboy from like August. Oh yeah, probably not good. That's no. that uh, in, in your closet, Grodzitski. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen it running in the uh, more beer uh, showroom, mm-hmm. like on Saturdays and stuff, and it's over there just kind of doing its thing. And <laughs> I wanted to try it for a while, and uh, so I've got to set up and getting ready for this weekend coming up. I'm going to do probably a double batch. Oh yeah, I can't see having two and a half gallons of beer (laughs) (laughs) well it's great for you man because you uh are you know very much attracted to shiny things yeah um so it you it needs you know maybe five minutes of your time in chunks and that's it yeah and you can go off and do whatever his doc does on the weekend Mm -hmm. what does doc do on the weekend I can't say that. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You're contractually bound not to uh, say anything? No, it's just a stupid idea for me to say that kind of stuff. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Uh, yeah, so, well, you know, That's look, if, if, if you want, I'll, I'll hook it with Annie over there at Pico Brew, because they're looking for breweries to try the thing out. You know, I, I, I still am trying out the water chemistry kit that got loaned to me, so. Oh, really? <laughs> Still evaluating it. <laughs> right, I've been evaluating it for three months. <laughs> Done about nine tests in three months. Well, that's but that's you, I think, right? You're you very thorough. Yeah, I just yeah. get busy and get sidetracked and then forget to do it. And oh, okay. Then it's too late in the brew process, and it's like, yeah, I'm in a hurry. I'm just going to use the system I know, you know, because I've I've got all that equipment that I use all the time. Oh, okay, I just figured, yeah, like Warren said, you're just very thorough about it. Well, that's I think that's the other half, probably. Yeah. I you know I, I certainly wouldn't want to say oh it's really great and then only give it a half ass try yeah and uh, uh, so you know I, I really uh, I really am interested in it um, you, you have to buy a, an app for your phone and it all links to your phone and um, I don't remember who makes it offhand but oh okay yeah, yeah but a bunch of tests uh, involved uh, with water and all the, it has all the right tests yeah and and they're more accurate than I need which is good that's great yeah I guess it's always uh, better to have more data than uh, less right. Well, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you know, I need to know plus or minus two ppm or three ppm, and and it'll go down to one, no problem. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, let us know how it works out in you know yeah, six well, months or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what it's called. Yeah. And what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure oh, a, a bunch yeah. of people that uh, talk to me about it all the time are going, "It's called this, you moron." Is it the iDip? Yeah, it's the iDip. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah they're sponsors on the show too. I've used oh, nice. that thing. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now, Brian Cooper, uh, who's my co-host on Doctor Homebrew, uh, is using it with his club, the Mad Zymergist down in, in Livermore. Nice. I think the thing's awesome. I think it's really cool. I think you'll, yeah. I think you'll dig it. It's super easy. You know, right now I just do titrations, which I'm familiar with. I've done yeah. so many freaking hundreds <laughs> right. of them <laughs> right. that, that it's really fast. I, I don't even have to think. I can just run in and do it. Yeah. I mean, with the uh, iDip, I'm still reading the directions every time. <laughs> well, there's a learning curve with like you know with everything, but right. uh, yeah, it's cool. I, actually, I'd really be interested to hear your feedback, even off the air, if you want. It's uh, I think it's a cool system. So, and the guys are everywhere. They're, I was talking the other day. They're doing seven trade shows this year. Nice. Like they're going to Europe and doing a couple shows, and they're just going well, to everything. They're, country yeah. Malting gave me one to play with. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay, let's get to some feedback. Yay. I need to find that song, Doc. I need yeah, to find your song. Pull your phone out. We'll do it again. Just like last time. Do that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be amazing. Bring your banjo. You should bring your banjo. Yeah, do it live. Uh, learn it. Yep. 
<laughs> and then bring it. Uh, yeah. Put that in the uh, things that won't happen column. Right. <laughs> All right. This is from Ken in Milwaukee. He says, hello, BNers. My apologies if this is a topic that has previously been covered. I've been wondering about the effects of steeping flameout hops in IBU calculations. It's commonly agreed that there is an IBU contribution from steeping hops at flameout. Beersmith even will calculate the IBU contribution based on steeping time. What I'm wondering is won't the other hop additions made earlier in the boil also contribute additional IBUs to the beer? And these IBUs are not being calculated anywhere, thereby throwing off your numbers? Say, for instance, I have a a one-ounce addition of a particular hop at 10 minutes left in the boil. And from that, let's say I get 15 IBUs. Now, that 10-minute addition will be steeping at flameout with the flameout hops and all other hop additions for whatever period of time I steep, thereby pulling out additional IBUs from these hops. Is that not true? Should I not concern myself with this? Or if I'm planning to do a 40-minute steep out uh, flameout hops, cut back on my other hop additions in order to account for this. Ken really needs to, like... like, Really wants the answer. Use periods. He's already got (laughs) it. Common sense tells him what to do, I'm sure. Yeah. He knows yeah. The 60-minute sure. edition doesn't really change because it's oh. all I summarized. Well, yeah, that's but, but, a, but a three-minute or a 30-minute will. Sure. It'll okay. change a little. It's not boiling, though. So, I mean, it's a different utilization. Right. But in, there is utilization, though. Right. I'd be more worried about letting it sit hot like that in the DMS. Um, as long as it's above 186, is that the temperature? I think as yeah. long as it's above 186, you're still driving yeah. off DMS. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a whirlpool go below 190. I, I don't let mine go below 200. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The 200, I, I transfer out. I'm I get sure. nervous about it and transfer out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's not. it might not be uh, factored into those calculations, but it's only a difference of a few IBUs probably. Exactly. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know. The difference between setting. A 10-minute addition mm-hmm. at, at boil for 10 minutes, and then a 10-minute, same 10-minute addition uh, at rest for uh, like a workflow rest for 20. Yeah, that, that means something, sure. Yeah, but hmm. uh, but three to five but IBUs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's barely yeah. And over that's the, over right. the flavor threshold, right? Exactly. That's you know, right. Some people's flavors change. Yeah. Smith probably should tell you. Yeah, that. I think I think it does make a difference, but I think you probably have other things that you should be worrying about. Yeah, yeah there's other things well, affecting sure. your hop yeah. yeah. Well, in the yeah. end, it's which your your fit ten IBUs at ten minutes is on everybody else's ten IBUs at ten. minutes. Exactly. So right, right. Just you know, act accordingly. You taste the beer. You go, wow, that's a lot of flavor. I expected more of this, more of that. Well, you just know that, you know, maybe you are getting more. And just, just say, well, instead of making, you know, 50 IBU PLLs, I better think more about making 40, 40 IBU PLLs. Get but, what I want. It, well, yeah, and that's true. Um, but I think what he's also wondering is, um, and maybe nobody knows this, I don't know, is Beersmith adding those, oh. uh, that additional utilization into the calculations? I, I doubt it. When all the math I I've it, looked right? at in these programs doesn't. Yeah. But I haven't looked at Beersmith directly. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a hard number for what the whirlpool utilization is. I mean, it, it, well, it would depend on the temperature curve and the vessels. Yeah, yeah, everything. And, and right. even those. But co- also, you know, if you're doing IBUs that accurately, if you're trying to get your IBUs down to one or two points, okay. then then the surface area of the kettle to the volume is right. going to change it too because yeah. yeah. the oil will stick to the wall of the no. kettle. And how much trube you generate is going to affect it oh, because it sticks oh, to the trube, oh, too. Like I said, yeah. utilization is a hard thing to, to calculate. Your 50 IBUs yeah. isn't everybody else's 50. Exactly. The, the, and and do, do the math, yeah. get your recipe no. built, then fix it. That's yeah. right. Those so that's formulas do. just get you in the ballpark. 
They're not exactly. going to be exact like, oh, well, Beersmith said my beer has 40 IBUs in it. So if I go to a lab, it's going to say 40 IBUs. When I yeah. send beers to the lab, they're not even close to right. my calculations. So yeah, they're off by 15 IBUs. Yeah. And yeah. then you're okay with that. And I, great, because I've, yeah. I've built the recipe by flavor, not by math. Right. right. So, I mean, IBUs are, I mean, there was a time in the, what, the early 2000s, maybe late 90s, where people started learning what IBUs were as a, as a casual beer drinker. And that somehow made the, everybody a beer expert and that's what everyone was driving for like how many IBUs are in this beer not how bitter does it taste or how hoppy is right. it and, and I think Cicerone has like. done a great job of trying to turn that tide because okay, they have the perceived bitterness is what they teach okay. they don't care right. at all about IBUs they care about perceived bitterness good that's cool okay awesome well uh, you know Ken uh, in Milwaukee I hope, uh, hope we answer your question man uh, but yeah, I guess to answer your question uh, don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> just don't worry about it. Uh, Paul from Australia says, I just heard uh, your episode on Eagle Rock Brewing about people having podcast issues. Uh, for example, Pizza Port being in the last episode available. I had the same issue on Android, but I figured it was at the very bottom of the podcast list near the 2005 episodes. I hope this help uh, helps other BN folk. Cheers, Paul. Uh, yeah, apparently there's a, I don't know, someone in the chat room was saying that Jay needs to add some little code at the bottom or a date in the XML to whatever. Anyway, if you're uh, an iTunes listener and you're having problems finding the shows, just go all the way to the beginning. Apparently they're hiding, uh, they're, they're pre-shows, the pre-BN shows. Oh. Yeah, which is nice. Well, while we're uh, talking about technical complaints, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I can't get in the chat room on my iPhone. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Will, uh, I have to be on a PC. I like hanging out in the chat room. It's more fun than listening to the show. Well, that's true. <laughs> Everyone in the yeah. chat room will agree with you. Uh, I tell you what, during the break, we'll get some candles, we'll drop the lights, and we'll have a seance, and we'll try to contact Steve Jobs okay. and see if we can get him He'll to know. solve the problem. He'll know. <laughs> He'll be like, yeah, I know. I fucking fucked you guys over. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you just forward the feedback to him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's already heard enough of my feedback. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, this one is from OJ. Now, I don't know which what, OJ. I don't know which OJ. In my mind, there's only one OJ. Um, yeah. I so, didn't know he was a fan of the show. <laughs> this is from OJ. He's got nothing else to He's do. He's got a lot of time. He really yeah. doesn't have anything else to do except dodge shanks. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing. Um, I really want to read it in my OJ voice, but uh, I've retired that. Uh, this says, uh, Justin, great spring bruise fest. I met some cool people and had some great beers that I would not have had a chance to try without the fest. On the cool people note, in the middle of the fest, I lost my phone. A good Samaritan named Scott found it and turned it in. Scott saved me from a major headache and hassle. Just goes to show the kind of people attending your events, as I don't think that would have happened anywhere else. I agree. There's some nice people in Concord, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a great crowd. Yeah. Well behaved, and uh, it yeah. really was. I'm not surprised yeah. people would give turn their phone in. I didn't see anybody really trashed at all. I saw a couple. I saw one broad being helped around, but that yeah. was nice. She wasn't <laughs> left on her own. She was being helped around. She clearly had a DD or sadly someone because she had a handler. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was lady. fine. She well, was handling a few. She, <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't unruly. She didn't get out yeah. of control. She wasn't belligerent or anything like that. And you know, look, that's we drink beer, uh, you know, for good flavor. But uh, you know, a side effect is we get hammered, and that's fine. That's okay. To, that's okay to get drunk these days, people. But hammered uh, happens. Hammered does. Happen. Well, you got to plan that into the day, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, she did, apparently. But, yeah, it was great. It was a good fest. People were awesome, man. Uh, this one is from Jim. Jim with a Y. Okay. Where does the Y go? Who knows? Oh. Or is it, is it J-Y-M? G-Y-M. Oh. G-Y-M. 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 Oh. Who's Jim? 
Uh, fellas and Bevo, related to the feedback about the Drake's sponsorship this past week, I wanted to mention that on a recent trip out your way from Virginia, I planned it around Brewing Network ads. I managed to hit Moylan's, Heretic, Downtown Joe's, Creek Monkey, met a nice man at the bar that day who'd just been fired, good times, uh, Drake's, <laughs> 21A, EJ Fair, More Beer, and The Hop Grenade. The dude working the counter at More Beer um, was pretty stoked that I stopped in all great places. Speaking of more beer specifically, I've made slight changes to recipes just in the interest of buying from them as opposed to other folks due to their sponsorship and lightning fast shipping. Keep kicking ass. Cheers, Jim. That's cool, man. I like it. People are changing the way that they brew. Um, you know, maybe for the worse. Who knows? Um, just because to shop of us. more beer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's great. Thanks. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, Ryan writes in. He says, JC or JP? Unsubscribed, subscribed, deleted all the episodes, restarted. Nothing has updated since 2.22.16 for the Sunday session, even in the podcast search. I heard you mention this from another email on feedback uh, on the show. Potentially a bigger problem. See screen, whatever. Can someone verify on your end? Uh, you know, I don't know, Ryan. I don't use iTunes. I don't work in iTunes. Um People are getting it. People are getting the show. Um, I so, think it's because a, a date wasn't added to them when Justin uploaded them. So they're yeah. being put at the beginning. They're being put at the very beginning. Yeah. Right. So that might be your problem, Ryan. Um, check there. The end. Check check back at the beginning. Check back at the beginning. Always go to the beginning, Warren. If you get lost, start over. That's a very good place to start, I hear. Thank you. Uh, do we have a Twitter game, uh, Warren? Uh, of course we do. All right. Twitter. Uh, the Twitter game is brought to you by uh, the Beer Law Center. John Sitzmankowitz, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, he's a really nice guy, handsome, wears a bow tie, lives in the South, but don't hold that against him. Uh, he's here to protect your trademark, your, uh, you know, your logo, all that kind of stuff. Uh, copyright issues that you have maybe with other uh, people, other entities. And that doesn't have to be just breweries, but he's specializes in beer law so check him out beerlawcenter.com nice dude follow him on facebook too because he likes to post uh, articles about you know things that impact uh, us as beer drinkers and, and brewery owners uh, for those of you out there and uh he's a good dude so check him out beerlawcenter.com he can help protect your trademark like he does with the hop grenade so uh with colin in studio it got me thinking um uh-oh right Warren it's always never yeah good. no one likes it um <laughs> uh now that the Hop Grenade logo has recently changed, I'm wondering what the new BN discount is going to be, since what? the tattoo doesn't match anymore. Uh, it, it used to be people have a Hop Grenade tattoo, right? And, well, and, and the tattoo artists that uh, did all of the grenades for the locals that were taking advantage of it, these are people that had never brewed, had no idea what the hop grenade was about had no had never heard of the bn yeah. just heard that if you got this tattoo you got a discount really yeah yeah i did not know that <laughs> yeah no that's that's what ended it and there was about okay. 10, 10 guys that did it and they would hang oh. out and we'd have to babysit their kids it'd be like five guys are you serious table, and kids would be running all over the restaurant and they'd be drinking dollar beers and I'm, oh god finally I had to talk to him and the tattoo artist that did all the grenades um is in jail so you, he, 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 he not mentioned that at one point. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I read about that. Yeah, why is he in jail? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. he, he, he deserves to be in jail forever. Wow. He, did, and uh, he hasn't been convicted yet. He did really bad tattoo work. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was, he was right. tattooing like Japanese letters on girls and <laughs> yeah. didn't think what it said that they think. It said rice. He was putting hop grenades on anybody who asked for one. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that, yeah, that should get him locked up for sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, so uh, what, what's going to replace that so what's as, going, the new, as the new so people BN with, discount? People with Downtown existing Ghost. hop grenade tattoos. You know, you know, come in and hang out with me, and I'll buy you free beers. How's that? No, all right, well, anymore. I guess, all right, call it wins the Twitter fair? game. Yeah. <laughs> call it wins, everybody. And the yeah. call just blew up your Twitter game. Thanks for playing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love talking about beer. If you're talking with beer, you know, want to hang out and talk about beer, I'll buy you beer. I get, get there by four, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, around 3.30, I turn into a pumpkin. So okay. you got to be there in the day. I'd like to be bought a beer from a pumpkin. I think that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. As long as it's not a pumpkin beer. That's true. Well, I like pumpkin beers. Oh. Ew. So okay, so the, tw- the Twitter game. A, a cloudy pumpkin IPA. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. as, long as, it looks, as long as it looks like a yeast pitch, I'm all right with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, so, what, so, so uh, forgive me. The the Twitter game is when you come in with a hot grenade tattoo, you can't get dollar beers anymore. So what do you get? Well, no. What what is it going to take to get the BN discount? Oh, now that the hot grenade tattoo doesn't work. What's the new way? What's the new what? way to get a discount from At, the, from uh, downtown? Ta- maybe another right. tattoo. Even. It's like a tattoo right. of like Colin, you know, yeah. Colin, um, I don't know, building a rocket to the moon in his garage or something like that. <laughs> Maybe that would work. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can see that. So, yeah. Let's figure it out. I actually spent <laughs> a, a year working out. on a ramjet. Yeah. Come in with a tattoo of a ramjet. <laughs> the hell's a ramjet? Are you launching rams into space? Right. Really? You don't know what a ramjet is? No. The, 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 the old B2 missile engine? The only ramming I do is between the sheets. Oh. <laughs> no, you're married. No, 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 no. Well, it hasn't been a year. That's right. We can't make single JP jokes anymore. Sure I, I've been away way too long. Sure you can. Right. <laughs> See what happens when you're gone? I know. People get married. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, I guess I wasn't being enough of a bad influence on him. He went and got married. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I lost my mind and then I found it, apparently. <laughs> well, what's new with you, man? You have a, you have a kid. I, I have a... Uh, and you have a kid on the way? No, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, and I have one on the way. Yeah. Wow. Spread them out a little. Yeah, right. My, that's my wife's fault. Yeah. Okay, so we knew about the other two. Yeah, but, but I have a new one. one. Uh, okay. uh, July, uh, mid-July, mid to late July. Is that, is that the name? Mid, uh, Mid-July? Uh, Paisley Blue Kaminsky. Okay. <laughs> you and, are a hippie, man. My son is Denim Sky Kaminsky, so Paisley <laughs> Blue Kaminsky seems like a good match. And your daughter, the oldest, what's, what's the oldest name? Uh, Kyla Anna East. Okay. That'd be great if her name was like Mary. <laughs> totally. You're like an artist. You're like a, you're like a hip-hop artist in L.A. or something, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I grew up with a unique name. When I was named Colin, there were no other Collins in the U.S. And so mm-hmm. I was in my 20s before I met another Colin. I really liked it. Hmm. I, I liked that feeling of being unique. I wanted my children to have the same opportunity. You know, it took me a long time to meet a Jason. You wouldn't think that Jason... Oh, I wouldn't think the, really? the same thing about Colin. Yeah, it took me... I, I didn't go to elementary school, I think, and I think it was until middle school that I met another Jason. And I was like, wow, you have a cool name too. Were he's you homeschooled? Like, he's like, get away from me. No. Oh. I wasn't. But that's how we named... You know, we named both our kids. I didn't want to have a freakish weird name that nobody ever have, but... <laughs> like Moon Unit. <laughs> yeah. Like Moon but, I met Moon Unit. But, or you Apple. Know, when we named Parker, there was no other Parkers. And then Bryson, there's no other Brysons. Parker Lewis can't lose, dude. Yeah. I used to watch him. So it's just, both good names. It's, it's but, a common, yeah, great names. Yeah, but it's, it's not like I made something up, and it's a weird name. But uh, yeah, they got, yeah, they got, it wasn't I, Dweezil. Yeah, yeah. I, but I want them to have unique names for the same same reason. You yeah. didn't reach into a Scrabble bag and pull out tiles and be like, "Oh, that's it. It's Abakalsagarm." No, no, that's too bad. No, we each had each got to pick names, and then yeah. then I said, "No, we're doing that one." <laughs> 
then why, actually, Heather came up so then with, you uh, with the name and then wanted to change it, and I made her stick to it. Which one? Which like which you come with? Paisley. Paisley? Okay. Yeah. And then Paisley. didn't she uh, regretted that or something? Well, no. She just uh, thought about she, it. Yeah, she's just like, oh, well, you know, because yeah. when you're pregnant, you don't have a lot to do other than think of new names, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, no, we already picked one. I'm not thinking about any more names. <laughs> See, uh, t- to me, it's like, it's like picking out a name for a pet or something where you go... Sure, that, that, you know, Trumpy. Great. Perfect. And then you don't think about it ever again because it's just a cat. But I guess like... Uh, but the but pet you it, already know. Yeah. It, yeah. So you can kind of get the, you know, the, the, the whole... Well, the normal people, I think, wait till the baby's born to name it. Well, they, really? Well, <laughs> well, normal people. No, no, those nurses are like, sign this thing right there. Put the name on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the birth certificate. Oh, they, really? want it, they want it done. I, I've heard of babies going home, you know, you know baby Petros. To be named? That, yeah, to be named. First of all, how long can those you words wait? should never come out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, I think you're I, talking about my family. I think I might have gone home without a name. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, the, I'm the fourth out of five kids, and I got a lot of cousins, and so... All the, all the names, all the used. good names have been taken. <laughs> That's why you ended up with Doc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like I would take your parents' uh, days to pick out Scott. Yeah, right. I actually yeah. did. No, and I think that it was perfect, but it had to do. You know? Is there a deadline? Do you have to name them by a certain time, or can well, you? Well, you know, now, now, they, question, now they issue your social security card really early. And they right. really, they really yeah. want that paperwork filled out before the baby leaves the hospital. And they, they you know, the nurses really do force that oh, paperwork yeah, on they are, every really? day. Yeah, they're like, hey, you know? we got really to sign this today. We're going to sign this. I don't have a name yet. Yeah, we went through that with the the, the second one. I was like, fine, okay, fine. Because so, I wanted a name, and she was fighting me on it. <laughs> <laughs> I still won. Yeah, is that how you won? Because you're like, look. We don't have time for this. We have to pick a name now. When, when I was a kid, right. you didn't get your Good social news. security card until you got your first job. Oh, wow. I remember going. I, to, I was like, like the twelve thing. or thirteen. Yeah, yeah I was like eight or then, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Like, it was wasn't like a year old kind of thing. It was the you know, ten, twelve, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, well. I, I started work when I was twelve, so it was yeah, right around then. That's when my parents made me go out and get a job. That's not legal, is it? Twelve. Uh, they told me that I had to hide in the walk-in. I was a dishwasher in a Mexican food restaurant three days a week for, okay. for a couple of years, <laughs> and and they told me if uh, the labor board came to hide in the walk-in, but they never came. Right. So. Wow. But, it, but every day it was like, am I going to have to hide in the walk-in today? <laughs> <laughs> well, then how could you get a Social Security? I mean, that means you were getting paid. Isn't there some sort of uh, legality? You know, you can, what are you and, getting and paid they, for they if nev- you're not nev- old They never really work, looked at that kind of stuff. No, really? It's still, if you look at my income statement, you know, get that income statement every year. Yeah. If you look at it, it's still in those years. I mean, so it was being declared. Huh. Yeah, isn't it funny to look at all the different years and you're like, wow, wow. And then right. I was I, making more money than I had college. And then it like, went dipped way down. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I, I made the most money as a teenager until <laughs> until I started brewing. Yeah. And yeah, being a guitar maker wasn't good wages. No? no. I think it'd be better than uh, being a brewer. No. No? I, I make eight times as much money as I did then. Oh, geez. <laughs> my, oh. my highest paying job was in high school. So I peaked real early. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're you're done. I was making like 75 bucks an hour. And I had my friends nice. working for me. I was running like a little slave shop. It was really cool. <laughs> Making aftermarket BMW cup holders. Slavery is never cool, nice. first of all. <laughs> all right. Well, it was like a slave oh, shop. Okay. Then they got cool. paid, just not as much as me. Right. That's cool then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a break here. And then when we come back, we're going to catch up a little bit more with Colin. Uh, and then we're talking. What are we talking, Colin? We're talking enzymes. You know, actually, I'd like to go through the whole decision process of how to dry an IPA. Sure. So starting with sugar. Okay, yeah, so you uh, triple IPA uh, people out there. Stay tuned. Colin's going to drop some knowledge. It's the session back after this.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Say hello to my little friend. You've heard about White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Labs yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, Flex Cell technology and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of pure pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. 
Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold, 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good, and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up... A six-pack of cans of Mount Camp Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Casters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Before we get uh, too far afield in here, we were talking, uh, you know, before the break about um, Beersmith. Uh, listener wrote in with some feedback, uh, questioning some Beersmith stuff. And, uh, you know, if you guys are interested in Beersmith, they do have a 21-day free trial. So it literally costs you nothing except a couple moments uh, clicking and installing something and, you know, maybe transferring a recipe over or two. Uh, but you can go to Beersmith.com. Brad over there is working really hard at keeping that thing up to date and uh, doing all the calculations that you don't want to do, which, let's face it, if you're anything like me... Um, well, if you are, then you're making terrible beer and you should stop. But uh, if you're anything like me, you don't want to do calculations, Beersmith will help. Check it out, Beersmith.com, 21-day free trial. If you don't like it, you, you've literally lost nothing. So uh, check them out, Beersmith. All right, Colin. We're here hey. to talk double IPA, triple IPAs. Well, you, you know, Why are we here talking triple IPAs? What's wrong with you? Well, you know, I, I kind of like big beers. Okay. And but I, I like them to be dry, smooth, easy to drink. I like big beers that sneak down you. Are there such a thing? You know there are, yeah. but but it's incredibly challenging really? to make. His gravity's yeah, going and like below zero, below one. Uh, my gravity's going below zero. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, this yeah. one's minus one point four. Yeah. So that's like point. Well, that, that's uh, point nine nine six. I think. You're no point nine nine four. You're like in wine. You're in like red wine territory. Yeah, in the wine, wine territory. territory. Yeah, but but you know the the path has been really long. Like so, to make a pale ale, 
I didn't need to do anything to dry it out. You know, five and a half percent pale ale. Yeah, it should be the, totally the California ale yeast. No problem, nice yeah. and dry. You know, one hundred and forty-eight mash temp, uh, nice and dry, no problem. When I, uh, gosh, 15, thirteen years ago, when I had to make it an IPA, make it at six and a half percent, figured that was a good. You spot. had to. Like you were requested to, to make one, or you yeah, just but, well, did because... It, I thought it was an up-and-coming style. I wanted okay. to be ahead of the curve, and so I started making it. Okay. And uh, getting it to ferment dry in the beginning was difficult, and it turned out that having yeast health just nailed, uh, you could do it. And it was uh, a bit of variation batch to batch. And, you know, now I don't even think about it. It's just like, make sure I've got enough healthy yeast. And Was that something that you had to... In, in the, in, yeah, in the well, in the beginning it was. Now, now it isn't. Now I just, you know, now now I know what if yeah, pull the yeast off the cone. I know if it's going to work in my IPA. Okay. So, what kind of numbers were you getting in the beginning, and then what did you, what did you, exactly did you do about it? How did you? You said yeast health. What did you do? Did you do a um, I, yeast brink or something, or what did you? No, I'm, I actually pour out of the bottom of a cone, and and I try to pick a fermentation that's just completed into a bucket. Okay. And I like it in the bucket because I can smell it. I can see how thick it is. I, I can see. You don't if it's do any working. tests on it to see what. I don't do any tests. I don't have any equipment to do any tests. Okay. Um, and I go by by weight and smell and color. By weight. By weight. What is because um, the... sometimes you get really light pitches. So three gallons of one pitch isn't equivalent to three gallons of another pitch. Okay. Some some have more liquid in them. Um, and it's just a feel thing. Um, you got a you number? Know, hmm. a, a, yeah, a, a pound per barrel is is pretty traditional uh, in British brewing. That's the British okay. rule of thumb, a pound per barrel for, for a 5.5% beer. Um, at 65 I had to add a little bit more yeast, a little bit more oxygen. Uh, not a lot more, but a little bit more. And, uh, and once I got that dialed in, I, I don't think about it anymore. When I went to do the double IPA, um, a lot of late hops to me taste sweet. So even though I was drying out the final okay. gravity pretty well with my yeast, it still tasted a little sweet. So I started, you know, even though I was getting 78% apparent attenuation. Um, I, I decided I needed to push it drier, so I started adding sugar. Well, okay, so so seventy eight is that's that's the high end, isn't it? For that's the high end of California, and okay. and I can push it there if I get my yeast health perfect. Okay. I can push it to seventy eight. Okay, um, but I wanted to go more. I wanted it even drier, so I, I um, started adding sugar. Now the question is, when do you add sugar? And if you're adding, say, five percent sugar. The 5% of your grist to sugar. You can add it during the boil, and it doesn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. When you start pushing above that, 7% you can probably add without changing anything. When you get, by the time you get up to 10%, it actually works better to add it into the fermentation. Why is that? What, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what changes? What I believe yeah. is that um, you're taking yeast out of a, a relatively low osmotic environment, putting it into a really high osmotic environment, and it, it, it hiccups. It, okay, it hold on a second, thing. Colin. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sort of a stalling effect. What's uh, it? Yeah, and, and, it, and it just isn't happy at the beginning, and it throws some off flavors <sighs> Hang at on. the beginning. Oh, What's an like os- higher alcohol. So Anytime yeast isn't happy, that's when it throws off the off flavors. Yeah. What's an uh, osmotic environment? Yeah. Um, everyone stop. Well, I need <laughs> this clarified so I can follow along. It, any, anything that's... I, I'm going to really simplify it for you. Thank here, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's it's like you forgot where you were for a second. Well, it, it, it's so, but there's different ways of making a high osmotic environment. Well, one is to have too much sugar, uh, and that's one we're talking about. But you can also do it with minerals and water. But that's a whole other conversation. It, it basically means uh, high osmotic is it, there's a lot of stuff dissolved in in that liquid medium. Exactly, and 
a low osmotic means there's a lot less stuff dissolved in it. So if you think okay. think and of a think of a yeast cell as a big water bag, a, a permeable bag, a permeable water bag. But they they have uh, let's say you've had them in a low osmotic liquid, which is your starter. They've got their bags kind of the same as that. You throw them into the high osmotic, into the high osmotic, a high sugar content. Okay, um, wort. Uh, it tries to crash it, the balls down. It tries to crash. It, they that. They try to dilute the higher osmotic thing, so it creates pressure within that cell to push yeah. against that, that that membrane. They don't like that. Okay, yeah, they're going okay. from yeah. a low, very low alcohol environment to a pretty high one. Are we, are, we, are, we, are we even at the beginning? And and uh, there's some talk about if you put them into an environment with too many simple sugars. That they stop making, they don't even start making uh, the right enzymes to break down the maltose. And, and okay, well, so, so this is yeah. So this is what I learned adding to the fermenters is exactly that. So what what would happen is, let's say you're thirty percent of the way through fermentation, or fifty percent, mm-hmm. wherever you picked your your gravity point to add sugar. Um, there's a, once you add the sugar, there's actually a lag. It actually stops fermenting mm-hmm. and makes new genetic machinery so that mm-hmm. it can ferment the different sugar unless you add maltose. Okay. So if okay. You're, if, yeah, yeah, if you're just going to add uh, a dextrose like, is what uh, I add. Yeah, yeah, if you're to add a dry malt extract, then it's then, not, then, it's then not, it's it's not, not a big, big deal. deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but then that has more residual sugars. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's, more, it's not, yeah. not going to dry it out what you want to as do. much as as if you add dextrose. Yeah. So so if you add too much dextrose, okay. you can get uh, acetaldehyde yeah. or acetaldehyde, yeah. however you want to say it. Can but, you? Because I've heard that was like a a misnomer. Well, if you add too much all at once, so I do it in stiff. I'm adding twenty percent. For, you yeah, know, let's say you're adding 20% for a Belgian. For a Belgian. You've I, got to stagger it. I'm going to stagger it. I don't do it in the boil at all. And, okay. And then I, I stagger it in the ferment. And when it's, when it's, when it's going along and start just maybe when it starts to slow, I feel it's starting to slow. Then I put uh, maybe a third of it in there. And then I do that and stagger it. And it does – it lags it first. And then the, then the second and third addition, it doesn't lag. It just, it just starts bubbling. So my, my my double IPA runs about nine percent dextrose now. Mm. Um, it starts it, it it gets about an eighty one uh, uh, percent apparent attenuation, um, and it starts at twenty Plato, so ten eighty. Now when I went wow. to do the triple, I the first thing I did was try the same technology. Yeah. Um, uh, ran it out to thirteen percent alcohol, um, so big triple, mm. and it. Uh, <laughs> There's a, I believe that higher alcohols and hops, uh, late hops, make beers sweeter than they than their final gravity. Hop sweet, yeah. yeah. Hop sweet. Well, yeah, yeah. alcohol sweet. sweetness, too. Yeah, You're going to get a lot of that. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about the alcohol sweetness, and then, so that's not surprising, but the hop sweet. Um, have I had that before? I don't know if I've had that before. I, I really think it's a big issue. So I started pushing the triple IPA drier and drier with any method I could. And why isn't that a beer name, by the way? Hop Sweet. Because <laughs> uh, uh, you haven't made a, a commercial brewery yet. It is now. <laughs> yeah. Hop Sweet triple Everybody IPA. else is making a commercial brewery. I, I associate Hop Sweet. just learned it here. <laughs> yeah, right. I associate Hop Sweet as more with specific varieties, not necessarily volume of hops. Well, and that could be too. Is it varietal? Yeah. Some, some what what varieties would you think of? Uh, I think... Uh, Sometimes, like good centennial, like uh, like bells too hearted to me, can get a little hop sweet. Sometimes, okay. so I, yeah, I think um, of centennial. But, I think of Columbus, but but not okay. all centennial. Amarillo. It definitely is uh, very vo- bottle variety. Yeah, there's a lot of variety within centennial to me. Okay, uh, but okay, yeah, centennial, a calypso. 
sometimes. I, I haven't used it, it yet. Yeah, can get sweet. Hmm. But uh, okay. that's in Grunion. Uh, if you had that beer, the the, uh, Point. the, ba- the Constellation brands. Oh right, yeah. Grunion. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm, I have not, oh. but that's interesting to me. So is is it more so, of a flavor, I guess, really than a, a, what is, is it? A comp- it's, it's you know, if we go back to Cicerone, it's perceived bitterness. Okay. Suddenly, even though your bitterness, you know, we're I'm, I'm if you did the math on it, you know, a hundred IBUs is about all you can get. If you're mm-hmm. lucky, your yeast can leave you with eighty five, eighty seven IBUs. I don't think you can really do much over that without without IBU extracts post fermentation. Right. Um, Even post fermentation. Post fermentation. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, the yeast strips it out. Okay. So you have a solubility limit, and then the yeast walls stick to it and drag it out. Okay. So the highest I've ever measured is eighty seven at White Labs. Okay. Okay. So that's the the most bitter beer I've ever been able to make. Okay. Um, but if you if you just did the math on this, it would be somewhere around two hundred. Oh, right. Geez. So I can't add more <laughs> hops at this point. Right. right? And, you know, yeah. I'm I'm adding a pound per barrel uh, into the sixty minute edition. Wow. So and you, just the sixty. And just the sixty. And these are above ten percent alpha acid hops. Do you do uh, any extracts? Do you deal with any? No. Of that? I, I I play with them every chance I get. None yeah. of them are in production. Okay. So there, I have two realms of my world: things that I'm willing to say, yeah, I can do this every time, and things that I'm not willing to serve back to back because they're going to be so different mm. every time. Huh. Okay. And and so this triple, this batch number nine. Um, okay. Uh, I, I've I've considered it nine failures. Um, really. But nine failures that I've learned a ton about. And you can still, I can go and get this served, right? You can today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the other eight but, but, iterations, but, no? Or? No, no, no. This is uh, uh, eight batches in seven years. Okay. Or nine batches in seven years now. Okay. Yeah. So I make sure, if, especially if it's one I really don't like, I make sure there's a really long lag before I release <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <again. laughs> and, and this one, you know, this one, I, I, I tried something brand new. So, so mm-hmm. the last four batches, I'd been putting uh, beta amylase into the fermentation. Okay. So this is basically light beer production. And the lowest I've driven it is to minus two Palato. So you're you're adding or, or point nine nine two. Yeah. You're adding oh. enzymes to your At, ferment. Yeah, adding enzymes to the fermentation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um the yeast doesn't really like the enzyme. So you really have to add just the right amount of enzyme. If you don't add enough, you don't hit your final gravity. If you add too much, it makes autolysis. This has this has autolysis from adding too much enzyme. This beer we're drinking the right now. This beer okay. So the beta amylase, that's in the malt already, right? Right. This one actually comes from bacteria. So the beta amylase in malt okay. wants to be 145 degrees-ish. Okay. Um, the beta amylase that comes from this particular uh, bacteria yeah. um, uh, likes being a 70, likes being a fermentation temp. Hmm. So that's when it's the most. Accurate. So you add it at fermentation to help. I, I add it right when I pitch the yeast. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think big breweries add it li- a little bit into fermentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm afraid I'm going to forget. So I add it when I do. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Well, so wh- why? What am I trying to say? Why do the yeast like the beta amylase from the grain, but not the 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 uh, post ferment edition? Well, you, you denature all the enzymes when you boil. Oh, okay. so there's right. no enzymes uh, right. that, that get through the boil. Okay, so this is adding something that enzymes are pretty aggressive. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I haven't studied it yet because I just figured this all out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, uh, I, I am certain that that the beta amylase is doing something to the yeast. Yeah, binding on the wall because um, because I used yeah. about three times as much beta amylase as as I'm supposed to in this batch, and it really autolysized the yeast quickly. Uh, okay. norm- normally, the yeast would have survived. There's a 12.4% fermentation. And normally, the yeast would have survived enough wow. that when I vented it, it would have been intact yeast that I wasn't going to use again. Okay. This wasn't intact yeast. 
This was the entire fermentation room smelled like autolysis. Really? Uh, when I vented the cone. What does autolysis smell like again, please? Yeah. Smell this beer. It's great it's, example. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It smells like IPA. <laughs> Yeah, right. What kind right. of okay, like yeah. IPA? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, the autolysis flavors, I think, leave this uh, uh, relatively quickly. So I poured it early so that we yeah. didn't have to suffer through it. Um, but it's almost like a burnt kind of smell. There is like a burning, burn? not not it's nail polish, but but like yeah, burnt but that, plastic that, maybe or burnt that's, cardboard. That's, that's the higher alcohols. The too, higher alcohols okay. are the are the nail polish. Yeah, but the it, the it, uh, cardboard is actually these glasses weren't rinsed. Yeah, it's, um, it's, and it's they came out of a cardboard kinda, box. Kind of yeah. burnt, rubbery. Oh. Yeah. It yeah. tastes. Can you hit me one more glass, Jake? Yes, I can. Hit you one more time. So okay, so autolysis. If I'm smelling autolysis, it's burnt rubber diesel for lack. Okay, diesel. Okay. Yeah, in, yeah. Is it a, a flavor? You think I would know this by now, but uh, is it a flavor well, too? Most people are, are not experimenting enough, and uh, most people you're drinking their beers are, are good enough that you're not going to pick up enough of it to really. Oh, that's this. Yeah, it just it just doesn't come up that often. Um, it, it usually comes up with homebrewers that forget a beer on yeah. the yeast cake. Yeah, they'll, that's where I taste yeah, it the most. Yeah, like, they'll, like, they'll leave it in the carboy way that, too long. Yeah, you're in a carboy for <laughs> I've months. done that. Right. But you're, you're, not, you're doing it. I'm you're actively not, doing it right. now. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting to taste those beers. Yeah. Those, those guys are the ones that don't share them much. But, um, <laughs> right. It's, it's, you got to do some stuff to make it like that. It's usually the cones that somebody's leaving it on there or they let it get way too warm mm-hmm. and it just... It just sits there on that yeast yeah. cake way too long. 90 there. degrees on a yeast cake yeah. is a great way to do it. Yeah. Okay. And in in want- big breweries, what we see autolysis in the center of big cones. So you have this huge cone. It's got 20 gallons of yeast in it. And, and, and the it's pressure. So, and it's so far away from the cooling jacket that it, it overheats. And so you, if you put your temperature <laughs> probe, probe on the edge, you know, it's 40 degrees. You put it in the middle and it's 90 degrees mm. and it'll throw autolysis into the batch, especially when you repitch it. Those dead cells will blow into the next batch oh wow right because right, when yeast autolysize they don't just like sit quietly and die in the no, bottom they of the explode. fermenter they explode and all of the guts and everything just yeah it's yeast guts in, into yeast the guts, beer yeah. okay and apparently it doesn't taste good or no, smell good it doesn't smell good <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. i mean that's what people say i, right, I hear it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're really not going to run across it very much even with home brewers yeah it's, yeah you have to really the guys that do that kind of stuff you don't just we just don't see their beers. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you know, I do I, too. Yeah. No, you don't, Have you been you, to NHC? Well, all those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> any sort of homebrew convention at all or anything? I ever? forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot about actively uh, I retract my statement. I'm just I'm just talking yeah. about us around here generally, but yeah, yeah, yeah. now now I just totally retract my statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, mean no offense homebrews. Look, everyone does it, you know. So so in any case yeah. Um, <laughs> Getting back to the, to the point. Uh, just to finish the, the topic here. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things I tried in this was trying some alpha amylase in the mash. So you can get alpha amylase also created by an enzyme, but it's, it's designed or by a uh, uh, bacteria. Uh, bacteria. Okay. And uh, it's designed to work at mash temps. Um, and so you can throw it in the mash and get much better conversion out of your mash. But because it's alpha amylase, it uh, leaves some more dextrins behind, a little bit more body. So instead of shooting for minus 2, which has kind of been my target, this was minus 1.4, um, I, I'm going to start shooting for about minus 0.5, and I'm going to start doing it with alpha amylase in the kettle, try to protect the yeast a little bit uh, in the in the mash tun, Yeah. and try to protect the yeast a little bit. So okay. that'll be batch number 10. 
Okay. When are you, you going to do that in another yeah. year? Uh, what, yeah, what right, year? Another, another six months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, that's interesting to me. So what don't you like about this besides the autolysis? But you said that kind of volatizes uh, off. It, it does. As it warms okay. up, I, I like this beer better. Um, it's, it's a little bit too dry for me. Um, it's a little bit too bitter for me. Yeah. Um, it's a little. It's a little. I, I, what I really wanted was a hop tincture oh, to God. start with. I wanted a hop tincture. And, <laughs> That's and, autolysis. And, and, yeah. it, and it really no, is it's a hop tincture. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's the bitterness that just right. 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 Yeah. Holy well, You said it's a triple, and it, I smell it. Like, oh, yeah, it smells like beer. a triple. And I took a drink of it, and I'm like, whoa. Right. This yeah. is this is it's about a double bitter beer I've ever had. Yeah, My but God. it's dry as a bone. So there's nothing. That's a, there's to nothing to back it, it up. And, and in fact, yeah. it's just naked. It, it it looks yellow, but there is no hop or no malt character left in it. it no. the, yeah. the enzymes right. just trashed it all. It makes you appreciate two degrees of malt sweetness. <laughs> wow, Colin. I mean, look, and, and I'm not even saying it from a standpoint of like, you made a terrible beer. Like, this is an impressive it's a thing. Yeah. It's a science project. It, well, you know, if people can I mean, make cloudy beers, be, I can make my own style. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> my, my sub yeah. one, my, my sub zero, uh, you know, right. fucking starting gravity, finishing gravity. Hot tincture. Hot tincture IQ. Bless all my... Name the category. You'll find somebody to buy it. Right, right. Hot tincture IP. You know, and yeah, right, exactly. Name the category, and you know, when you look at it; it's clear. It doesn't look like uh, it doesn't look like a yeast slurry. It's not super hazy. There, there is a chill haze. We're, we're drinking it pretty warm. There is a chill haze in it, but a little bit, probably yeah. not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. Um, so you know that th- wow. that flies in the face of everyone who thinks that yeah. uh, just because it's, it's cloudy it's, has more it, hop character. It, this has tons of hop oh, character. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of feel like you have to wipe your tongue off. After yeah. This. yeah, it's yeah. pretty tannic. Ben, you want to try some of this? Please, will you please try some? Seriously, will you please try some? Fine, yes, I'll be right out. Hey, come on, join the boys. Please pour some. So anyhow, I I like bringing experiments to people. It's more fun than saying, "Yeah, this is the same beer I've been making for ten years." Blah blah blah. I hope you like it. (laughs) Well, it's purposeful. (laughs) It smells like a triple, but yeah. It doesn't uh, drink like one. And no. slap in the face, though, when you drink it. <laughs> so how do you serve this to people? Because I feel like... Half pints. Half pints? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want to watch Bev's face when she drinks this. The bitter you, beer face? Yeah. Is there, uh, on the menu, do you explain your experiment? No. no. <laughs> there it is. Take a there, it there it goes. There it goes. She likes it. It's not. Hey, you want to try some of this? Yeah. It's sort of gross. I don't like it. It's not bad. The aftertaste is really good. Find a microphone. The aftertaste is really nice. The initial taste is a little painful for me, but I, that's not my style. It's not anybody's style. It's a brand new <laughs> He's got the bitter what beer face, too. What is that? It's a, a, uh, a below zero, like, red wine territory, triple IPA, uh, fermented as dry as it could possibly go with artificial means. Is this at the 85 IBU lab, or is, you, know, you think it might be about that? I, that? That would be my guess. Be the, nice. the double IPA usually comes oh. from 83 to 87. And, and this has a lot more hops, but I don't think you can go up to 100. I can't drink it. I, I had it once, and I was like, that, that's, that's uh, it's like St. Adam's Utopia. So you have one ounce every five years, and you're good. How old is this beer? Um, three weeks from brew, four weeks from brew. So I, I, oh, wow. I give it another wow. seven or eight weeks. It might be a little bit different. I think it's going to. Oh, it will be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Will it be? And, uh, will it be drinkable? And it, <laughs> could, could, could you, uh, at this point, accentuate the malts by doing a uh, mineral addition? I yeah, I could actually. I could add chloride at this point. Yeah, add some calcium chloride and, and bring out a, 
yeah, a little bit of that. Time har- in that, take, maybe, take, yeah. take a little bit of that harsh bitterness off with yeah. calcium chloride. Cool. Mm. And the alcohol is all esterized, and so you'll get alcohol sweetness, too, the longer the spirit sits around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that, this is a big beer. It takes a while to blend together. Oh, yeah. It's a crazy beer, man. Three weeks is nothing. It, it's, it's kind of a weird idea. It's a crazy beer. How, how is it received? Chris Graham used to call me Crazy Colin. That's true. I you mean, know, he, the, still the, he still yeah. does. Used to. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, people who uh, like it like it because uh, it's the cheapest alcohol they can buy. Right. At the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no you're doubt. always going to have those customers. So. Oh, for sure. Even with the hop grenade discount. <laughs> 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 Wow, that's a that's a crazy beer. So, can can homebrewers get these enzymes as well, or is it a, a pro I, thing? I was going to ask the same thing. Every time I have mentioned something on the Brewing Network, all mm-hmm. the homebrew stores have scrambled to bring it in. Yeah, and sometimes that's been a good thing, and sometimes it hasn't been. Okay, uh, like like the <laughs> like Biofine. Everybody after I started talking about yeah. Biofine on the air, everybody started using Biofine. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Biofine works great in a tank. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal thing to add to a tank. It works really bad in a homebrew keg. Why? Um, because it works the best the first time it settles clear. And every time you shake up that keg, it doesn't work as well. Okay. Whereas gelatin works the same every time. If you if you shake up a gelatin keg or an Isinglass keg, every time it'll settle bright. The, the biofine settles worse every time it gets shaken. So I usually biofine, let it settle, then rack it off the keg. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or filter. Yeah, biofine and then filter is a great way to. Yeah. Say Don't let it reagitate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but but if you reagitate it, it gets a little bit worse. It loses its activity over time. And homebrewers, we love to agitate shit. Well, you know, you, well, you, 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 you can lift kick. one of your kegs. I can't lift one of my kegs, so it doesn't move. Right. Once it's full, it doesn't. Well, move. that's what I mean. Right. <laughs> like we like to shift stuff around and peek and look. We're like, uh, you or know, just, amateur, you know, yeah, home, or, or, home or bakers. Is the bread done yet? Tap. Is the bread done? You know, and then yeah. suddenly, you know, it's not. Is done. the souffle done? <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I can, I can see that. I can see that. Well, then we like to pour off a pint of gunk and then it stirs up the bottom. And yeah. Yeah, we like uh, we like futzing with crap. Like like Doc says, if you just you know. Don't do anything. Next thing you do after you, if you buy a it, then you just rack it to another keg and yep. you'll be fine. I don't have to filter it at that point. Well, that's I, I don't I, either. I don't filter. So. I buy a fine in my conical, even at oh, home. In, in the ferment. Yeah. Right. I'll just, I'll use the uh, temperature probe and just kind of stir the biofine in on the top mm-hmm. and then to, to mix it in and then just do it in the conical and then my kegs are clear. So can we get the alpha and the beta? I, uh, as I, if you can't now, you will be able to. Because yeah, so many okay. times, it's uh, they most places will sell it only in huge volumes. Well, okay. I have to buy it by the liter. Yeah, and it's, a liter of the of the uh, uh, beta uh, amylase is enough for maybe. Twenty-five batches of seven barrels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, right. So, <laughs> a little goes a long way. So, yeah. That's I, usually the issue that we can't get it in small enough quantities. I, okay. I, I think right. the right amount for me is about fifteen milliliters in seven barrels. Jeez. Yeah. Um, how do you break that down as a homebrew? Well, you, right, you dilute right. it and then, and then add it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking. No, or, 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 uh, or use a micro pipette. I'm so you can get smart. Micro yeah. So I have pipettes that go down to uh, a hundredth of a, a milliliter. Yep. I do too, and I, 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 both of you would. I, 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 it, not surprising. I to use me. it for trials for flavors. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to add raspberry to a beer yeah, and you want to figure out how much, you can take one pint and keep dosing it. That's with what I use level. it for too. Yeah. Well, Tasty already figured that out. It's twelve drops. It's on the beer per, per, per <laughs> bottle, right? Depends that's on what the you're golden doing. ratio. Well, that's, yeah, eleven, I think. For for the Dortmund peach peach. The gold medal winning, multi multi second round winning beer. And I always have to add, the Dortmunder itself plays second one year. 
That's true. So, I mean, it's you're not, not just a pretty I'm not face. fixing a beer. Right. I'm adding to it. Right. Well, and, and that's Some would say ruining it. Well, you might. <laughs> I didn't put much effort into it. It wasn't right. like I oh, labored right. over peaches and stuff. For, <laughs> yeah. for hours you you and didn't hours. crush them with your hand and take the pits I out? Did, I did right. get a new bottle every year. So every year I'd take like, uh, oh. you know, four bottles, whatever I had to make. I'd take like 12 times four drops out of it and then throw it away. <laughs> you got to have fresh I, I, extract. I had one twice in a second before I even ever tasted the beer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> have you still not tasted just, it? I just go by spot. One year I did. I said, i got to taste this shit. <laughs> so I, I, I get all embarrassed, right? Like the, the runner-up would come up to me and go like, well, how did you make that peach beer? So peach, you might, you know, I took my, I didn't, I masticated these raspberries, <laughs> froze them yeah. and back sweet, and you know, all this shit. And I go like, oh, gee, uh. Good job there. I can't try to change the subject. <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice shirt on you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was judging a beer best to show at the Northern California Homebrewers Festival one time. Yeah. And it just had the best hop aroma of any homebrewed IPA I'd ever had. Wow. And, and so, you know, I, I, I like to compliment people, and I, I took time to compliment the guy. And, and I said, you know, that's just phenomenal. You have to get the beer clear. Um, before you you dry hop it to bring out that much aroma, otherwise it'll stick to the yeast, and there's like a mechanical failure there. Mm-hmm. And this was just bright and brilliant and beautiful, and smelled just like the variety. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I just used some extract." <laughs> it's like, wow, it was great. It was the best extract I've ever had. <laughs> That's really great. That's cool. So these these enzymes, you know, people have talked about adding bino and all that kind of stuff to their to their conicals. Is that or the fermenters? Is that the same it, it, thing? It, it's similar. Um, I find these these enzymes are real fragile. They decay on the shelf, and and I can't imagine you're getting a fresh bottle of bino anywhere. So figuring out how much to <laughs> add. <laughs> well, first you develop a bad case of gas. <laughs> yeah. Then you, then you test it on yourself, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't, you could do that. Yeah. yeah. Next time you have to, you know, next time you go to use it, repeat. <laughs> and they get, if they're decaying too, you're going to get a lot of inconsistency from tablet to tablet. Well, and that's what I've, I've, what I've noticed with my bottle that sits on the shelf. You know, one yeah. bottle lasted me like six years, and it was I was getting a Bino? No, of okay. uh, of amylase. Yeah, okay. of right. beta amylase. And I was getting higher and higher terminal gravities every time, hmm. uh, using the same amount, same addition okay. every time. And so, to and, you, and, and so this time I decided, well, it's an old bottle. I'm just going to triple it. <laughs> okay. And, 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 it, and it blew up my yeast. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, what do you mean? You couldn't use it again? No, the yeast didn't no, like it. The yeast didn't like it. It attacked the yeast. Killed a bunch of the yeast. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. So what do you do? I, I'm just going to throw it away, like like Stacy does. It's cheap. It's you know thirty. No, no bucks I mean with liter. with if if it killed all your yeast. Oh, this is post ferment, right? This well, yeah, the yeast, didn't, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, this, the yeast didn't survive it. Obviously, autolysized. I, I separated this batch. The, yeah, this batch. Yes. Okay, got it. I, okay, I separated sorry. the beer from the yeast after nine days, mm-hmm. and it, and which should be plenty of time. Uh, I, I should have had an issue. Yeah, and, and yeah. the the pitch was just awful. It was just, okay. Yeah. Wow. And when people from the bar start coming back to the fermentation room going, what does that smell? (laughs) (laughs) That's a sign. (laughs) Jesus, man. Well, so, so I'm exaggerating. Nobody came back, but I, I expected right. them to. Anyway. Right, right. So, what do you? Uh, what's your next step with uh, with enzymes? I mean, are you, you you're I, switching I'm gonna, amylase, and that's it? Are you I, going beta, or what are you doing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go alpha in the in the alpha, yeah. You know, alpha. In the, are you going to use beta? Do I'm you, not going to use any beta, and I'm going to see what happens. Okay. And and I, I still think I can get below zero, um, which is what I want. And that's where that's where you want. That's what okay, I want. I really want, want below zero. So you, how far off? So why do you want below zero? Yeah, because um, he can. I mean, this, how, beer, this beer would be better if it had 
I agree. Some nice dextrins left so, over from some carapils. H- here, hang on a second. Here's, here's my question, Some. Colin. Yeah, but not, not above zero. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about a, yeah. 1.10 or something. Yeah, well above zero. It, you know, when, I, when, I, when it finished Just at turn three, off. When, when it finished at three, it was so sweet. To you. At, at 3.0, it was so sweet. I couldn't stand it. It was fine. awful. Okay, it was chlorine. Okay, yeah. And it didn't taste like Sensory a matters, fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So right. how, how far off is this beer from your target, from where you want it to be? Because this beer, to me, is undrinkable. But uh, I don't drink triple IPAs anyway, so, you know, my... It, it, it could go matter. up anywhere from half to one Play-Doh, and I'd be happy. If it went up more than one Play-Doh, I wouldn't be happy anymore. So okay. if you're using the Alpha and it's leaving a lot of dextrins, are you thinking about taking uh, some of the malt out? Replacing it with with uh, dextrose to kind of not not in, the first, that? not in the next attempt. No. Okay. Yeah. Right now, this has no dextrose. This has zero dextrose. You okay. wouldn't need it, oh, right? Wow. I mean, if you're using, I can't imagine that dextrose would help the beer. Well, At this point, except no. help your grain. Well, you know what I mean? Dextrose oh. is the only thing that keeps the triple IP from becoming a, a barley. Wine. Right. I mean, you're basically making a three Play-Doh. It tastes like a barley wine, and not. You're a making a barley wine if it's not using dextrose to get to this alcohol level. Right. Hmm. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. It's been, a fun, it's been a fun project, you know. It's yeah, kind of for one of those sure. things. You only have a little bit of time to work on projects, so you, you kind of make it back <laughs> yeah. here and there and go, eh, what can I do? Tell me about it. I, I don't have time to, to work on my enzyme projects. <laughs> Your backlog. <laughs> Your backlog so of enzyme backlog projects. on enzyme projects. Wow, this is, uh, this is amazing to me, Colin. <laughs> it's just it's just weird. It's good it, blending it, beer. Drinking it. The, the other, no, it's terrible blending beer. That's, the other, that's the other issue is with it. it. You yeah. tried to save it? It, it, it is the worst bitter. blend. It, 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 it ruins anything you add to it. Because that's really? what I was thinking. Because I don't thinking. taste that bad flavor in there. It's, not, it's that, not the bad flavor. It's that it? it's so dry. It Fine, just, I'll add it, it to just, a monkey beer. You can't. I'm going to do it right now. It just ruins it. I'm going to do it right now. Ruins it. JP's going to try Pale 31. I'm going to add some liquid gold. Pale 31 to this beer. Oh, yeah, that's going to pop. Yeah. It, it. You had a lot of it. Yeah, it was mostly Pale 31. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like a 12% Pale 31. It's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Probably I'll, a 9% I'll try the same now. Doc's going to try the same thing. What are you drinking, Pale 31? No, it's society. Okay. The other thing I've noticed about this beer. Whoa, yeah, that's weird. The, the other thing I've noticed about this beer is the first three half pints were hard to get through, and now I'm starting to acquire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder yeah. why because it's coating on your tongue. It, it starts to like build a, a thickness. Oh. <laughs> yeah. right. It's like having a sweater, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> tongue sweater. It, That's like, what it should be called. Tongue, tongue, tongue sweater. sweater. But like I said, the beer has to mature too. It, three weeks is really young for, yeah. for, for a beer. This, the, this size beer. Oh my God. Blending it did give it a little bit. Of malt backbone, yeah. just uh, just uh, that one. But man, that bitterness is. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's, it's a permanent bitterness. It's yeah. like a, it's a firm bitterness. It's like a th- it's like a thistle in yeah. the middle of of caramel or whatever. It's like it's this soft sweet, and then it's just this core of nastiness. Yeah, I'm like squeegee for my tongue it's, right it's, now. It's bracing. I yeah, mean, it's, it's bracing. Bracing. <laughs> bracing is a word. That's for sure. Well, Colin, I think that was cool. It's, it's fun yeah. experiment for sure, man. Yeah, and thanks for doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. To. right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be interesting for all these. I mean, essentially, why we're talking about it is because a lot of homebrewers are really striving to do double and triple IPAs, but and we've had them on Doctor Homebrew. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them are just not dry enough, and and as homebrewers, we can't. It, well, not that we can't. We 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 don't have the facilities, or we you know we have life to get in. You know, gets in the way of our managing yeast and you know doing all the stuff properly. So it's hard for people at home to do this kind of shit. And so maybe the the enzymes, uh, whatever shop decides to distill them and carry them 
uh, could really help out. You know, I, I think they're interesting. I think they're worth playing with. And, and you know, there's other enzymes that you can buy, too. The, mm. the, the enzyme that I think most people are interested in right now is the one that uh, breaks the proteins. Um, it, it not only breaks the chilhase protein, but it breaks gluten. Um, and oh, so wow. a lot right. of uh, big breweries are using that now. Oh, really? uh, Mo- Moonlight's using it, I believe, in every batch now. To, getting, to get gluten-free beer or gluten-reduced? Yeah, it, uh, I believe it to be gluten-free. We can't say that yet. FDA is an approved. That's the White Labs product. What's yes. it called? Uh, Clarity Firm. Yeah, Clarity Firm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. exactly right. Well, it's gluten-free technically if it's under 20 ppm. Well, the, the, the FDA, well, if you say gluten-free, that's a health claim. Making right. a health claim about beer is suddenly uh, the FDA all up in arms. Oh. And I think so we can't say gluten-free. We can say reduced gluten. Okay. Right. Because, and I can't, I'm not sure, but I don't know that you can say a product is gluten-free if it, if ha- it, if it naturally gluten. has gluten. I, no, Never. I, I, think you can't, I, I think you I think can. The last, not, you can't just say gluten-reduced. The last few projects I was working on at More Beer was actually trying to make gluten-free beer, like with sorghum extracts. And but sorghum doesn't have gluten. Sorghum. No, 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 I understand. Yeah. But, but the yeast inherently has it, like the White Labs Pitchables. Oh, That's well. right. So it gets and a little so, bit in there. Yeah. yeah so I would. I, I sent those for for tasting, and it was. I forget. It was like under ten ppm. So I'm like, well, if you add that into, because the problem was people, you know, eight years ago or whatever, wanted to homebrew, but they thought they had to only use dried yeast. But I was trying to prove that you can use liquid yeast because there is some gluten in there, but it gets so diluted. Yeah, diluted. It's, right. It's, it's immeasurable. Less and, than and one so per, that's when they were saying it's if it's under like twenty ppm, it's technically gluten free. Mm. Um, you know what, what? But I could when, be wrong on that. If, I don't if know. You, if you send your beer to White Lab for a gluten assay, yeah, um, they just tell you that it's below a threshold. Yeah, they won't tell right. you that it's zero. Right. They, they, they right. Could, it's it's it, below yeah. a measurable, which I think well, is ten or something. I, I like think that. it's five or something. Yeah, okay. five or ten. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, fun times. Right. Fun Everyone's yeah. faking it. Yeah. Gluten free. Yeah. Whatever. Fun times. I haven't gotten any clarity from yet, but I'd like to. It's something I'd like to play with. Yeah, well, I think you do. Uh, you, you know, I think you do great. Make a quadruple IPA, and that, uh, you know. <laughs> so so that's one that takes out protein. But anything that exists in the beer, you can you can deal with. There's some East Coast uh, breweries I want to send Clarity Firm to. <laughs> I don't think it'll help. Yeah, <laughs> it won't help. Yeah. Yeah. Send them some that's not what they had in mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Send them a cease and desist. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think we're going to take a break here, Colin. Okay. And then when we come back. We're going to jump into water. Okay. Because that's, uh, like Doc said, that's what we've, we've uh, forced you into your forte. So uh, we're here on the session with Colin from Downtown Joe's. We'll be right back. Take care. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. 
This is Brandon from Drake's Brewing Company here to talk to you about our Hop Chef Champion Brewer Competition. Hop Chef Champion Brewer Competition. Fifteen awesome California breweries are joining us on Saturday, April 16th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Drake's Dealership in Uptown Oakland. Each brewery is bringing a tasty brand new beer made with a randomly selected unique ingredient, including everything from ginger to juniper berries. Tickets are just 25 bucks and include a collectible glass, a punch card to try all 16 brews, and you, the beer drinker, gets to decide the winner. Saturday, April 16th, we bring the beer, you be the judge, and see who will be crowned the next Hop Chef champ. For more information, check out drinkdrakes.com. the three most important rules in brewing sanitation sanitation and sanitation and no one does it better than five star chemicals five star knows sanitation you can only sanitize clean equipment and five star knows how to clean too for craft brewers and home brewers five star has what you need to keep your fermenters serving tanks kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer spoiling bacteria pbw caustic acid cleaners star sand santa clean lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Chemicals treatment today. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all green brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy.
session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. Everybody, welcome back. You know, Colin, we were talking uh, after the first break or whatever about uh, how the chat room is sometimes better than the actual show itself. You know, can I make a guilty confession? Yeah. I've never listened to the show. Neither have I. So we're, <laughs> we're all right. But I love the chat room. I yeah, like the, chat, the chat room's great. Well, there's a couple guys busting some balls. Uh, some guy's like, I miss lunch meat. And some guy's like, oh, dude, you, did you hear it on Friday? It was amazing. And he's like, no, I missed it. <laughs> oh, you know, shit. And, the, you know, they were fucking with him. It's pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> Friendship. I actually never heard lunch meat either, but I like all the jokes. <laughs> how does that i don't under the jokes about lunch meat well you know the i, I i'm like part of the the lunch meat facebook page oh guy i left and, that years ago and, <laughs> and, and it's just really funny i i just okay, I, I think i would have liked the show but i never listened to it you know I have to work on Friday. it's on podcast <laughs> you can you can download it you can listen to it on your way home well he doesn't listen to the brewing network i don't know if you got that <laughs> well he said the show i, I, mean, I, I thought he oh. did the session I, I actually really just listened to to uh, music so yeah if I've got the time, I listen to music. What's your favorite band of all time? I'm afraid I'm a Zeppelin guy. <sighs> I knew that. I, <laughs> I, knew that was I could never get into Zeppelin. Never could. You know, I, I was oh, like 13 you're a little or too something. too young. Yeah, I was like 13, and uh, uh, John Bonham had just passed. And Who's so, that? The yeah. drummer? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I even know that. Yeah, in fact, the okay. latest song I've been learning is Cashmere. But yeah. finally decided I was going to work out cashmere. So. I have a cashmere sweater, and I uh, I really like it. But uh, it's also a place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I had a, uh, my best friend growing up in high in, in uh, elementary school. I guess he was Pick like one. Actually, it's, it's <laughs> all, all the same. Actually, yeah. uh, he was like super getting into Zeppelin. I'm like, I, I can't swing it, dude. I just I can't really? I can't do it. Yeah, I was like 12. I'm like I can't do it. But you don't play guitar. So. Uh, well, I have a bass that I punch. Yeah, I hang it on the wall and <laughs> thump it for like five minutes. So, so you practice. like the Who, right? You're John Entwistle guy. No, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember like the when the uh, Into the Outdoor was just ready to come out. We were all waiting for it, and it just man, my friend came home with it, and it just went nuts. Speaking of In Through the Outdoor, Colin, let me ask you a question: Are you getting um, enough? <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting enough, Colin? <laughs> What's up? Are you getting enough? Sure. All right. I bet you sure. look more, though, right? Uh, Always. Uh, well, adamandeve.com. <laughs> now, see, now you see the segue. I, I see the segue. Uh, adamandeve.com wants to give you more, calling with 10 free gifts. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, a specially selected toy for him, which uh, I always thought was weird because it should be a, uh, a selected toy for you, not him. It, it sort of implies that your wife or your significant other is cheating on you and you're, like, encouraging that to happen. Yeah. Anyway, and a third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Sorry, go ahead, Colin. I was going to say, their, their only issue is they only deliver six days a week. <laughs> True. Uh, plus, you'll get, what, what do I do on Sunday? I rest, I guess. Order twice as much on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, right. Order two packages. Uh, plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number ten, free shipping on your entire order. 
So what do you have to do to get your 10 free gifts, Colin? It's not hard yet. Just go to AdamandEve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything else you desire. Just enter offer code BNARMY at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts. Go to checkout uh, AdamandEve.com today, select one item, and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter offer code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R. M-Y at adamandeve.com. And don't worry, everybody. We don't know who's ordering what, uh, like we do with the Amazon product of the week. Oh, we, we don't? don't even know that either. Well, we don't do that anymore, but we, we know like what products were ordered. We don't know who ordered through Amazon. We right. don't know who ordered yeah. them, but uh, I, I thought that'd be it's probably rad. better that way. It's super right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things would start to change around here. If we're like, what is going on? Who uses this much lube? Oh, why is uh, everybody ordering oh, fists? Oh, who, oh, <laughs> who, who needs that zero size butt plug? Yeah. Right. Uh, the answer I, is I nobody. We sell more fleshlights than anybody else. Right? <laughs> I, I yeah. guarantee. And, yeah. <laughs> Beth just walked yeah. in on the I, weird. I, Conversation. Yeah. Really? That's the weirdest conversation you've ever heard here? No. Certainly not. No, at least today, probably. Uh, anyway, adamandeve.com. They're lovely people, and they love you, and they want you to love more. Uh, all right, Colin. So the real reason you're here is water. Well, not the real reason. But, yeah. uh, I, actually, one I just of the wanted reasons. to hang out with you guys. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm making all this shit up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so we're talking water now, and you're kind of, you know, you've, you've grown into the water guy. You and John Palmer, when I think of water, I think of, uh, I think of uh, bikini uh, uh, car wash team and you guys. You know, I, I, we, we do wash cars in our bikinis. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Glad. Um, What's the alkalinity of the water you use? Good question. Your car wash. Depends on the car. Like if I had a Tesla. Yeah, I zero on my car wash. Okay. Oh, See, nice. There you go. I, I use RO water to wash my car. Yeah. It doesn't spot. Yeah. You don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to tell it dry. You just let it let you it happen. Yeah. We're in a drought, Colin. Right. Yeah. So what's new with water, man? I know you're always working on some stuff as evidenced by the uh, by this triple IPA kind of deal. Well, you know, when, when, we, when I started lecturing about water, uh, there weren't any breweries using RO. And, and so we didn't really think of RO as a way to build water because it was so expensive, A, for the equipment. But also, B, uh, 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 why would you do it? Why would you strip everything out? If you don't have a problem, why, why uh, fix it? Yeah. Right. right. Well, and, and, but as time has gone on, RO has gotten cheaper. Um, uh, for pro brewing sizes, it's gotten more efficient. Oh, know, really? I don't waste as much water uh, yeah. as I would have 20 years ago. What's, what's the ratio of, of, was it of, five to it, one before? It, well, it, it, it really depends on what you're removing. So if you have relatively soft mm. water, you get really efficient. You know, you might even only waste 10% of your water. Yeah. But, it, but if you have really alkaline water like me at the worst time of the year, um, I probably would waste about 30% of my water. And I was wow. but, but it would have been about 55% 15 years ago. Yeah, I was pulling wow. out of a well, so it's going to be really hard water. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, it, you're, and everything else in there, which is why I was ro in it anyway. So it was, hmm. yeah, it, I was wasting a lot, but it's free water. So Well, so now 10% of my production, I'm, I'm building. You can put I, it back I, in the well, too, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> send it back where it came from. You just take a shower, you may have, like, scales all over yourself. You're like, yeah. I, I, you know, you know, use it to water the salt flat. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new salt plane. <laughs> Take it out and kill bugs with it out at uh, Burning Man. Yeah. yeah. There's no bugs at Burning Man. <laughs> well, not real ones. But, yeah. <laughs> you might feel them, but they're not really there. <laughs> you feel them on your way home. Yeah. <laughs> Sand fleas. Under the skin. Right. <laughs> the DTs. Yeah. Right. So RO water. Okay. That's what you're so, using. So, yeah, so, you know, when we wrote the book, when John and I wrote the book, we had some experience with building water out of RO. Yeah. Um, but with so many people doing it, it, it's been something I've been trying to experiment with a lot. 
Okay. And, uh, and, and so I like building water out of our own and, and one of the things we came up with about halfway through the writing of the book was adding alkalinity with baking soda. Which uh, scared the crap out of me in the beginning. Now I really like it. I like adding alkalinity. I'll go all the way up to 30 ppm alkalinity with with baking soda and not get any off uh, flavors from the sodium added. So that's why it scared you because uh, there'd be too much salt? Too much sodium. Too Too much much sodium. sodium. And sodium does have a flavor. And uh, okay. but uh, uh, if if I'm adding 30 ppm alkalinity, I can't I can't taste the sodium. Yeah, it's got to be over 50 usually. Yeah, well, I, I haven't pushed the limits yet. Yeah. Why, um, why, why do you want to uh, add alkalinity? What if you're making a porter? Okay. And you're building from our – what if you're making uh, – okay. or even an amber uh, or a brown? Um, yeah, I want alkalinity at that point. And uh, I, I don't – I never with acids strip alkalinity down to zero. I'll, I'll strip them down at the lowest, maybe 20 ppm. You know, so depending on what time of year, I might be starting with 60 ppm. I might be starting with 120. Um, in really terrible situations, I might even be starting with 150. Um, Just so it's not lost here, the reason you want to alkaline your your water for dark beers is because the dark malts tend to lower the pH of the beer. Dark malts have so an inherent So you want to give it a, an advantage yeah. by starting high. Uh, otherwise, you, you, your your mash pH drops too low. Yeah. And, and, and the beer could become and, and, almost sour or like, you know, pickling. Like, like, uh, you know, not only does it become sour, but you get really weird hop character yeah. um, when your boil pH is below 5. There you go. There's in the kettle as well, for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're, you're kind of pre-course correcting, I guess. Yeah. You know, you know okay. I, I guess, I, right. So the this is something everybody the, should do. If you're making a dark beer, you should consider increasing the alkalinity of your, yeah. your water. Okay. And, and to be okay. honest, the most important thing you can do with your water is get the alkalinity set right for your grain. That is the most important thing you can do. After that, you can worry about, do you have sulfate or chloride to, to help the hops? Do you have enough calcium to flocculate calcium, yeah. in the boil? So See, all of these things have got to come together. And, and, and yeah. so a water recipe really has got to bring a bunch of different things together. Okay. Um, it, we're, when we first started way back in, in the 90s to building water, everybody was trying to build the water to whatever that place was yeah like Brighton on Trent or Pills in exactly and it's gotten way away from that uh we're actually building it to the beer uh, and and our our grain bills and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so it's good a lot of people still ask me questions about that you try to you know make London water they're trying to make Burton on Trent uh that kind of thing and it We've gotten way away from that, so we don't. It, even though it's out there, those numbers are out there. They're good to know. Yeah, uh, but most of those brewers have learned. They're, they're fixing their water. They were fixing their water. Right. Yeah, they're extremes. Even sure. way back then, they were fixing their water either by boiling it or uh, right. adding things to it. Mineral acids, slaked lime, things slaked like that. Lime. Uh, so they were fixing their water back then. So it, it maybe early on they started out using their own water and having. Well, it was all mediocre beer back then anyway. You know, way back then. I, I don't believe that. Wait, I, I back, actually ba- think back when they all they had was smoked malts, basically. And right. I, right. I, think if you, I think that we know what delicious is. And mm. if 9,000 years ago you're sitting in a brew pub in Mesopotamia with your seven buddies and you're sitting on the bar stool and the brewmaster gave you a beverage – you would still to this day find it delicious. I was just thinking. It, would, it wouldn't that's remind a, you of the beer we have. I was thinking fine be sour delicious. beer because that's what it probably was. It was right, probably, yeah. Yeah, a, a I was thinking more in the 1600s that I was just happy to not get cholera from the water. And you're drinking this beer that yeah, gives you a buzz, or the, you know, even the really light beers that don't. But We're know. not any smarter than they were 9,000 years ago. We're just we, our, our brain bucket's the same size. We have more tools. We have more tools, but that's not necessarily a good thing. 
I, I think a good brewer was still making delicious beer. And just like today, there would have been good brewers and bad brewers. Brewers yeah. that, mm-hmm. that were, right. you know, like Vinny, that just had the knack. And, and brewers <laughs> like me that had to fight every way for every little beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. in, in hindsight, it wasn't it wasn't great beer. But in the time, if you put yourself 9,000 years ago, right. for considering I, the options, no, it I, was great. I think we would find it delicious. Really? We wouldn't, we wouldn't call it beer. We'd, we would call it something else. Yeah. But and, we would sit down. Mm-hmm. We'd, after the first three or four, while we got used to it, like, We'd be having a great time solving all the world's problems just like we do now. Got sand in your toes. <laughs> and Raj, yeah. How do you even right. remember? The world was flat back then. It had a lot right. of problems. Yeah. Were they putting orange yeah. slices I, I, I really don't think it was. I think as early as there's astronomy, we know the world's round. I think it's just the Christians there, that there, There's people uh, now who think the world is still flat. So there's a whole Facebook. If you ever have time, look up a flat earth on Facebook groups and join them. They'll, and they just, there's, oh my God, they're insane. It's fun. Good, good trolling fud. Anyway, sorry. Totally. Never want to fly. Never want to fly with them. No, I, I just jump in and out. I've been high enough to see the curvature of the Earth from from airplanes. No, that's a hologram. Uh, that's all, a, that's <laughs> a hallucination. Yeah, yeah. All, all the chemtrails, all the the the, the particles that uh, apparently the government sprays into the you know by the planes in the atmosphere um, uh, changes the curvature of the Earth. It's all holograms now. It's controlled by NASA. Oh. I, these people who literally believe. How'd this. you get that far up? He smoked uh, the right uh, thing. Right, you went to Burning Man. Yeah, right. wave, wave lift. Um, I've been over 30. Well, do you have oxygen on board? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. over 12. Over 12, yeah. yeah. Over 12, you had oxygen. Um, but there's people, I've, I know people that have gone to 50. Did you build your own Not glider? You know, oh. actually, I tried to. Okay. Of course you did. I knew it. I knew it. And I spent a year building the world's biggest Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Um, <laughs> that to, to, uh, uh, so I could control different things. You know, if you change the airfoil, it changes how thick your spar is, which changes the weight of the wing, which changes the performance of the glider. So it would try to incorporate all those things. Um, and it was a lot more fun than actually building a glider, I think. <laughs> it was a hamster wheel for you. It was right. a hamster yeah, wheel. Right. Yeah, it, it kept my mind from uh, going nutso. <laughs> or at least to the degree that it has. Right, right. right. Uh, okay, so. Okay, wait, wait, but, but let me go back. Because I, I said something that was really important and we kind of glossed over it. Yeah, 30,000 feet. Right. <laughs> First, you want. Yeah, I was a passenger. I was, wasn't oh. actually the pilot. But anyhow. Um, so, first off, you want to. Uh, you want to set your your pH or your mash. That's going to set a bunch of things for you, and you do that by controlling your alkalinity, um, uh, and then to a lesser degree your calcium and your magnesium. But then then you really need enough calcium in your boil to get nice flocculation, um, uh, and also you need your pH right so you get your hop expression. Then you also need your sulfate to chloride ratio to really bring out the hop character you want. That's going to be different for different hops for different. Or malt character on the other side, right? But right or malt character. But then the other thing that I'm really finding that's really important is we talked about osmotic stress from sugars. You're putting a certain amount of osmotic stress from all the minerals you have in a mineral water, high mineral water, hard water, whatever you want to call it, um, that the yeast actually can misbehave. Hmm. So adding a bunch of gypsum, um, uh, the calcium actually competes on that same ion channel for the magnesium. The yeast needs that magnesium to to be healthy. Um, uh, So... Controlling that calcium to magnesium ratio helps your fermentation, which changes the flavors of the fermentation, changes some of those fermentation flavors. Okay, so, so you're doing good all of these in things, moderation. And, and it's okay. all got to come together. <clears throat> yeah. And and when you're building water from scratch, you're kind of starting from something that's really unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you're building it up, and you it's can hard to build, get where you want to be because there's nothing natural there. And you can build up really weird things like all calcium, no magnesium, or all magnesium, mm-hmm. and no calcium. 
Um, and I'm finding that to be a bad thing for the East. The East doesn't like it. Hmm. So, so uh, when, when I wrote the book, I wasn't really thinking about the East. I was thinking if you had enough, when, when John and I for wrote the, the beers, book, so. when, you, when you had enough minerals, yeah. um, you were fine. Now I'm thinking that calcium to magnesium ratio is kind of important. Um, not having too much sodium that will compete on that same channel um, is important as well. And, and I'm starting to look at those things as the yeast sees them now. And, and if we ever do a, a, a next revision of the book, that, that'll be what I add. Uh, John wants to add, if we do another revision, he wants to add some. Um, how, do you work, how do you control all these flavors and what do they taste like kind of things? You know, uh, tie it all together kind of chapter. Um, I kind of wanted to add another geeky chapter on, on how uh, uh, the positive ions influence the yeast performance. Look at him. He just, he just glazed over. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. broken right now. Colin's done talking. Well, we're always, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. We're always, I, I wanted to make sure yeah. before you know we ran out of time that I got at least that little sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So when you say that the yeast don't like it, what do they do? They just don't flock properly, or, or well, certainly without enough nasty cal- email? Certainly without enough minerals, they won't flocculate property properly. Uh, but and, the calcium and magnesium thing. If that, both that, seems to be, that seems to control flavor and yeast health for repitching. Okay. I don't have good data yet. Okay. Okay. That, that is something like I said, on. I want to work on it. Yeah. That means I have to work on it. I mean, it okay. really means brew batches of beer. Uh, can control that data point and start seeing what happens, not just in the fermentation that we're talking about, but three fermentations later. Mm. Are, are you doing these experiments in full size? Batches yeah, that's of downtown all I've got. Okay. Yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah. I, cool. I'm the world's largest or the world's uh, uh, most esoteric pilot brewery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have a production facility. I have a pilot facility. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Is there anybody else besides maybe Palmer doing this kind of shit? Yeah, there are actually, really? and, okay. but they're they're research people, and they're either they're either big breweries that aren't going to give us their data, mm-hmm. or they're research people, and you can't understand their data. Oh, really? Why not? <laughs> well, yeah, they're doing it for a whole different reason. Yeah, no. yeah, right. They're doing it for the big breweries, and yeah, or they're doing it for publication and right. for, and for kind of whole different. Set. And, and the water papers don't really uh, publish well. You know, you don't see yeah. a lot of them, and uh, you see, I see them. I see more get submitted than actually get published. Nobody wants to go out on a limb and say, "Yeah, that's how it works." And so the, the <laughs> so the, the the judges, the the people that judge the peer review, um, can be a little critical on water. Hmm. And uh, uh, because nobody, nobody's really willing to step out on the limb. I'm, I'm always dancing on the end of the limb, but right. you know, like, m- most people aren't willing to step on the, out on the limb. Why? Because it changes so much, or they just there's no way to know. I, I, I just don't think they know yet. I do, you know, okay. when you when you ask people like Charlie Bamforth, he's like, yeah, the water guys, uh, they're their own world. Okay. I know about foam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is his own world, right? right, right. Yeah, 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 I think. But, but the water guys—they really are out on their own world, and okay. and we thought about it as being something that was so simple for so long that as it gets complicated, they're like, "Yeah, I don't want to commit to that." Okay. Well, speaking of foam, does water have any effect uh, on the, the foam? You know, you, you know I, I bet. Uh, fo- what are they? Any, uh, I, bet, I bet proteins are affected by calcium. The proteins, and the, yeah, because they the certainly foam. affect the the hot break, which has got to affect the foam, right? Yeah, calcium certainly affects hot break. Nice. So you mentioned the uh, calcium, sodium, uh, magnesium channel. Uh, I, and I'm not convinced that it's one channel yet. I, I've got to sit down with Chris White. and But, but it, certainly calcium and magnesium compete. We've known that for a long time. But so when we think of like, you know, a, a certain beer style would require a certain water profile, but we're going to consider yeast to be essentially the same, that they would require the same 
and, and my, water profile? And my brewery yeast is the same because I only use California. Right. But, in, but they're in different environments, too. I mean, you know, maybe in a higher alcohol environment, they may use less or something. I will bet you that Guinness's yeast likes that alkalinity. Um, uh-huh. Now, I, I don't – the positive ions seem to be more uh, sensitive for the yeast. The negative ions, like alkalinity, don't. That could be just because I'm I'm still naive, and <laughs> and five years I'm going to be sitting here going, yeah, we used to think it was just calcium and magnesium, but it turns out all these other ions. Yeah. I right. don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I, I'm willing to sit here and go, yeah, I'm going to step out on that limb and I'm going to dance on it, and when it breaks, I'm going to be back here going, yeah, it broke. <laughs> <laughs> what would that just look like? I've like? done with enzymes. What would a, what would a broken uh, limb look like? Well, it could be that you know you, you think that you've got it all under control, and then suddenly you get a different water. Um, that you're not used to, like suddenly mm-hmm. you're working in Dortmund, mm-hmm. and 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 it just doesn't behave by the rules that worked in Napa. Hmm. And 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 then when you find out, when you figure out why, it's like, oh well, Dortmund's got a ton of alkalinity, and it just screwed this all up. So what do we do? What does this mean for homebrewers? What do we do? What do we um, do? How do we make better beer with this weird knowledge that you may or may not actually possess? By by going down the, <laughs> by by going down that exact path. Okay. First, fix your your mash pH. Next, get your sulfate to chloride ratios right. Next, make sure you're getting a good hot break um, and, and getting your calcium right for your hot break. Then then trying to figure out how your yeast is behaving. Just by walking down that road in that order. Okay. That's, that, that, that's that the order. order. In that order. All right, so getting so, your mash pH. Now, uh, how do you know what your mash pH is? You can make get a pH meter, of course. You know, I, I, don't do think, you think? I don't think the paper's very useful. You don't think the papers work that well at all. So. I, and, and especially if you're colorblind like A.J. DeLang. They mm-hmm. don't work at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what are, the, what are those about seventy nine, eighty nine dollars, or ninety nine? Yeah, I th- yeah, for a I think workable so. one. Yeah, I think about ninety nine. You probably got to buy the storage the storage solution the as well. Or- yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Buy the oh, storage solution. And the, you know the the probe kind of wears out after a while, so you got. Well, and that's the nice thing about buying an expensive one. Yeah. Is the expensive one the probe lasts a lot longer? Okay. So my first probe lasted me seven years. Yeah. Right. You got you got to properly take care of it. Right. Yeah. That matters. and you're using it every day. Homebrewer's not going to. Right. It's, Keeping it's, it hydrated is really important. Hydrated it, with the storage solution is yeah. really important. Don't I've ever been, let it. I've go. been through a few. So. Well, <laughs> sometimes it just it just uh, it dries out when you don't even know it because you're not using it. You're trying to keep it yeah. hydrated. Well, yeah. so there's a gel inside the probe. Yeah. And when that gel is gone, it's done. So okay. so mine's got a vial that's about three millimeters in diameter and and six inches long or five inches long of gel. Lucky. So, so that gel just starts dripping down, and you see it over the years. It's getting lower and lower and lower and lower. As long as you're storing it vertical, mm-hmm. it doesn't dry out. That moment that you store it upside down yeah. and that air bubble goes to the top, your probe's done. Yep. But you, you, hmm. you know, at least they, they make it so you can change the probe. For yeah. 300 bucks. For yeah, right. exactly. And I have a $1,200 meter and a $300 probe. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've, been through, <laughs> I've been through a few of you know, different quality of them. But, you know, yeah. when, when you're not using it as much, it, it's always an issue. Yep. So, I've had more wear out. That's, like where the, that's where the papers come in. And the mm-hmm. good papers are a lot nicer than the cheap. Well, they've cheap, got cheap. newer papers, too, yeah. that are brighter colors. Yeah. Well, then uh, I that find, doesn't help for AJ to yeah. So I found nah. since I, when I had my meter working and I was using RO water, I knew that was 7.0 to begin with. I know from experience that my mash pH in a, in a given grain bill is going to be fine. So, I mean, I don't need, need to measure anymore. Something about you could measure for a while just to see what kind of numbers you're getting in your brewery with your water and the way you're treating but, that water. But that, no, and exactly. So, so there's times with, like, if it's a recipe that I make every week. You don't week, test the pH of the, I, I don't test, the water. I, I test the alkalinity because my alkalinity is a variable. 
and then I, I use acid to set my alkalinity. Right. Once I once that parameter set, I know it's going to track through. Yeah. And and I, if I'm bored and I'm sitting there and, and Facebook is particularly boring that day, then I'll throw a pH meter. <laughs> sure. And unless you're using 100% RO water. Testing your water regularly is a good idea still because there's going to be seasonal changes. Especially if you're surface water. Right. Yeah, depending on where you're, you're getting yeah. your water if, from. If you're surface water, it's going to rain and it's going to be lower in alkalinity. Right. And, and then it's going to be really dry and it's going to raise the alkalinity. It's going to concentrate. And so with, with the like, pH adjustments and alkalinity adjustments with acid, is, is it possible to, with equations and just like software with based on your grain bill and everything, can you predict exactly how much you're going to add ahead of time, or is it more reactionary? It, well, I, I, I react in the next batch. Right. So some people react in the mash tun. They'll stir some phosphoric acid in the mash tun okay. or maybe add some baking right. soda to the mash tun, and they'll fix things that way. I never do that. Um, Why not? It's I'm too lazy. big of a mash tun. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to stir it again. Yeah. I have to, I have to, it's a lot of work to get stirred in the first time. I don't okay. want to stir it again. Um, so I, I just react the second time. Um, and I make so many batches. You know, I'm doing 100 to 120 batches a year um, mm-hmm. by myself. So, but a homebrewer can react. A homebrewer can react. That's exactly right. And uh, and, and and different grains have different acidities. Mm-hmm. So if you all of a sudden you change lots of grain. And, is that, is that and, handled in spring software? I don't. I don't. You know, the, the the person who's doing the best forecasting of all of this is uh, Martin Brungard. And his brewing water. Does he consider the grain, grain bill? Does he consider the no. grain bill? The, uh... but, he, but he knows more about the water than anybody so far. It's the best spreadsheet that's out there. Yeah. Pay the little licensing fee, whatever it is, 10 bucks. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and shareware, the, isn't it? So. it? Well, I think it's shareware, but I think you get a better version if you pay the fee. And yeah. so what does, it, what does the spreadsheet do? It, you can build your water and know what you need to add? Yeah, you can, you can build your water, and, and it's the best at giving you a good outcome. Um, and it, it does a rudimentary job of acids. Okay. Um, adding acids to an alkaline water um, isn't as simple as you would think because it has to do with the pH of your addition. You know, so if, if you the add... pH of the acid you're adding. No, no, the pH of the starting water. Okay. Yep. So if you add 10 milliliters of phosphoric acid, I'm just making up numbers okay. here, and, and it's a pH 7 water, it's going to behave a little differently as far as the calcium is concerned than if it's a pH 8 water. Okay. Even, right. even if you have the same alkalinity going on, because the point that you add that phosphoric acid sets what's going to happen with the calcium. So there's some mm-hmm. weird things that go on. The, the charts are in the book if you want to just, like, draw your finger on the chart. And figure in the out water book? In the water book. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, in my experience, it's kind of like a cliff. Like, you get to a certain point. Yeah. With, Especially with organic acid. Right, yeah. yeah if yeah, you're adding well. acid where it's not doing a whole lot, but then the next 10 mils or whatever, all of a sudden just... You're right, you're right on a buffer. Yeah, right. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah, that runs out of buffer. Right. And yeah. then I, I, I always like to compare it as to trying to measure a battery through a wall. You don't know if you're measuring a really big battery or a little battery. You could be measuring a watch battery because you can't see it, and that would be a, a light buffering water. But if you had this really big heavy buffering water, mm-hmm. like measuring a big battery. Um, if, if you understand impedance, um, impedance is the better analogy. Oh, yeah. But if you don't understand impedance, then then the battery works as an analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it is really the same math as impedance uh, with different springs. Right. Yeah. He broke me again. Yeah, do you know what impedance is? <laughs> well, yeah. well, A.J. Delane kept trying to get me to explain it as impedance, and, and it's, it's a great analogy. Um, A.J. was one of our technical editors. Okay. And, and he really, impedance really is the best way to explain it. But you have to already know what impedance is. 
Oh, you could think of it too. <laughs> In order for you to know huh. what impedance is, you kind of have to know already. You're either born knowing or you weren't. <laughs> so, my, my best example of impedance is you tie a string to a rope to a concrete wall. Hold on. A string to, to a, a rope, rope to a concrete wall. Okay, got it. You right. pull it tight. Okay. And you shake a wave in it. Okay. Every knot is an impedance mismatch. So if it was just a rope, the wave would go down to the wall and it would bounce back. Okay. But because you have a knot, some of it's going to bounce back at the knot and some of it's going to carry through to the wall. It'll break the wave. And, and yeah, and, okay. and so you get a little bit of a reflection at each impedance. Okay. And, but if you made a tapered knot, it's going to do better. So that, that tapered knot would be an impedance transformer. Now, if you think about that long enough, it actually matches what, what buffering looks like. And each, each uh, a PK mm-hmm. is a different knot. Okay, you can what? also look at it this way. You got, <laughs> a weight on a spring. Works. Well, I think it's uh, it, the buffering capacity, too. Yeah. Think of it as a big battery, okay. 12 volts, and okay. a little battery is 12 volts. You start pulling, drawing current off of them, pretty soon the little one's going to give out. One's going to give up and, earlier. And the other one's going to keep going. So if you've got a high buffering capacity in, in that solution, mm-hmm. it's like the bigger battery. So you keep putting... Acid in and acid in, it's kind of used it up until until that buffering capable goes away. It's going to go away a lot faster with a small battery. Right. So that's the kind of the kind of difference. So you, when you're you have that water and you don't know what what is in it or, or your wart, you're you're adding into it and it gets frustrating because you're adding milliliter after milliliter after milliliter after milliliter. And then all of a sudden, one drop makes and then, all the difference. And then the you're, you're checking every time, <laughs> yeah. checking every time, and then all of a sudden half a drop and bam it just goes away <laughs> that's the saturation point right? right so what i learned i know i know my system i knew my water i knew i could throw <laughs> five milliliters in there bam and then i could then i could start Drop. testing oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah right so you know where you are already yeah. instead of just going eh, every time every time every because time. i have three water sources that makes it really hard for me so it's faster yeah. for me to measure the alkalinity than to try to dose acid in and yeah. figure out where i'm at so uh, I measure the alkalinity first. Then I know I know which water source I'm at. And so how do you do that? How do you I, I do a titration. Okay. So I, I pull a sample. Um, uh, you put in a, a chemical that changes color at a specific pH, and then you add drops of acid until it changes to the color. Okay. You count the drops. You multiply it by the little formula in the package. Okay. You and, it, the it, and it tells you if you added this much of this, then that tells you you had this much of the yeah, right. Right. Yeah. in there. Yeah. Yep. And it changes color at that, that point and that's, that's how i do it yeah so you would say that a, a home brewer if, they, if their water is like high in alkalinity which would be like what above seven seven five or what would you consider well no there's different ways of they buffer the ph up to protect water systems it doesn't okay, necessarily so you don't know. be alkalinity all right so it, it's better if to you're not getting alkalinity. your ph and you need to adjust you, you can need- add acid or you can add baking soda and, and i would i recommend phosphoric to lower it because it does a quicker job, it's more. Uh, it, it's safer. There's already phosphates, in and the most home supply stores sell that at a, at a diluted. I think it's got a better taste. Yeah, too. less flavor. Oh, yeah. Well, and because the phosphates already exist in the mash, yeah. you're not really yeah. adding anything that's not already in the mash. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of using lactic, but that would. You know, a lactic to me has a flavor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sulfuric, hydrochloric yeah. have a flavor. Okay. I, I personally prefer sulfuric, Citric. but. Yeah, but, but that's you, just because I'm like supposed weird to play things. with that. Yeah, I know homebrewers aren't supposed to play with that. Yeah, they they might have their eyes. Yeah. And what if you also you you want to add um, uh, even if your water is alkali- alkaline, you may still want to add some uh, a calcium carbonate. Uh, would that would that have a tendency to lower the pH? Well, so you, it, it raises the pH. Okay. So you, so I add sodium carbonate. 
Okay. So which yeah, is baking soda. Baking soda. And I, the reason why I add sodium carbonate is because it dissolves instantly. Yeah. Whereas yeah, calcium yeah. carbonate, it's hard to get. It's to a, a chunk. It a bit. Yeah. And it just yeah. sits at the right. bottom. It, and, 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 yeah. I used to think in the mash pH you'd get some in. Yeah, I don't think you get any in. Right. No. I, I mean, barely any. So it just add sodium carbonate. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there, and, but is there a threshold to how much of that you'll add? I, I, certainly, I certainly go to 30 ppm alkalinity. Of sodium? Uh, well, no, of, of alkalinity. Oh, well, what about right? So, so if you if you look in Martin's spreadsheet and you start adding baking soda, and it says that you've gotten to thirty ppm alkalinity, I'll go all the way there, and I cannot tell a difference. Uh, I can't tell that I'm using sodium and not calcium. Um, above oh, that, okay. I haven't tested. Oh, okay. So, but, yeah, for, you, for me, thirty ppm is a nice number for me. It's something I like to brew with. Do you ever? So you don't you don't ever need to add more than that. So you don't you if, don't if have like you, a backup. If you're doing a big stout, you might want more than that. But my, 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 the lightest my city water is ever going to be is 60 ppm. So if I need more than 30, I just start with city water and work my way backwards. Okay. So for me, no, I never have to use more okay. than that. What would be, would you just go to chalk, like calcium carbonate? or no, If you want to use calcium carbonate, you're going to have to either acidify it to get it to dissolve or bubble CO2 in. That's the only way to get it to dissolve right. is mm-hmm. to bubble CO2 through it overnight. And so, if you're at your put it in a corny bubble. If you're at your sodium maximum, what would be the next option Can, that you would go to? Well, I don't know. Oh, you don't know. I'd have to think about it. Oh, okay. Slake lime, okay. Cal- calcium carbonate, calcium carbonate with CO2. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but bubble CO2 to get it to dissolve. Okay, it will dissolve eventually. Okay, because of the bubbling action, or because the actual CO2 does something. Oh. Really, it's an, yeah. it's an acid. Okay. CO2 yeah. makes carbonic acid. Yeah. yeah, and so it gets it gets makes the whole solution uh, acidic, and so you can actually get the uh, calcium carbonate to actually dissolve. If everybody's seen it, you throw it into the into the boil kettle or it just wherever. Drops or into the, the, the bottom. Just bottom. <laughs> you stir, yeah. you stir, and you stir. Spins in the bottom. It spins and around. You stir, and you stir, yeah. and you stir. Wow. And then you say, "Oh, cool! I added that." But, but if you put it in a, a corny and you flush it with CO two all night long, yeah, it'll actually go into solution. Okay, that's a good tip. That's a lot of CO two. That's yeah. a lot of CO2. You're right. That's a lot of CO two. Is it worth yeah. it at that point? I don't know. Uh, it depends if you no, care about your carbon footprint. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I, I, if, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd love people to actually explore the upper limit of baking soda and see what they find. Get a lot of sodium in there, yeah. and it's gonna it's, it's gonna change to me, the flavor me, of the beer. To me, sodium tastes sour. When, once you mm. get to a certain point, sodium tastes sour. Yeah. Okay. It, people say it tastes salty. It doesn't taste salty to me. It tastes no. Sour. Mm. Yeah, well, it depends if they're what they're adding. So if you're at, they're adding sodium chloride to get Chlor- their sodium. Chlor- well, chloride yeah. has its own taste. Yeah, you're, they're going to yeah. get that. Sodium to me, it, to, for a certain point, it, it, it kind of rounds it out. It gets, that's a sweet roundness. But it's a certain, then it gets to a certain point, and then it gets sour. That's what I think, too. And, and then you gotta, mm. we also got to watch the, your... Your sodium my, sulfates because they clash really bad. Yeah, sodium and sulfate clash is really bad too. So you don't want to have my, both Michael of them Lew- higher. Michael Lewis taught me to to look for the sour, and once he did it, kind of ruined me for sodium because <laughs> <laughs> it was you saw it all the time. Because well, yeah, because we had uh, a okay. water softener on the system, so we were getting sodium into the strike water at the time. Oh wow! Oh, and that's water softeners are bad. Really? Yeah. For yeah. brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I, I I don't even know what they're good for. They're good for my dishwasher. I still have my water softener connected to my dishwasher. Okay. They're good for so they good yeah. for your but not good for boilers. the shower. Good. Well. I mean, yeah, I guess. maybe. May, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. better than putting in your tap water. Ro is probably too. better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe not because it's more corrosive. In a well, so, so so you get your balance right, 
and then once your balance is right, then you add uh, uh, then you add the just RO to top it off. Yeah, yeah, well, was, right. yeah, yeah. You need like a thousand ppm alkalinity or something. Yeah, I, I'm not good at boiler chemistry. I had to, I had to write a, a couple paragraphs about it. So yeah. I read this like thousand page book, and it's yeah. like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Should have come to me. Oddly, I know a lot about what did you say? Uh, <laughs> but boiler Impedance. water, boiler water. Yeah, I, I, both of those things. Yeah. I'm actually a novice. A master. Wait, what's the novice? One? <laughs> You're a novice, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, look, man. Uh, with all this talk about water, uh, you know, maybe uh, some of these guys that are opening breweries now will share this information. They'll do this test and they'll kind of share it with you. Well, you know, and that's that's the other thing I, I think that's really important is taste your water. Hmm. The best, the best piece of lab equipment in the brewery is you. Yeah, and taste your water before you brew with it. Okay, and and if you you, you think oh it just tastes like water, uh, you know actually it doesn't, and it, it actually changes every day. You're going to get mm-hmm. used to it. You're going to get used to what the normal flavors are. I'm to the point now where I can tell if they've switched reservoirs in the shower. Oh, I'll wow. be in the shower on my way to work, and it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> That's going to change my whole brew day. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. I'm sure your wife loves hearing about that, too. You know, my wife's incredibly patient. She got really lucky. I, you know, yeah. I met her uh, at a coffee house, but yeah. we hung out in breweries for six years before we dated. Oh, wow. What's her level of understanding of water? Does she has she learned enough through osmosis? I you know I, 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 I think Ooh. she probably has right and and yeah. um, uh, I think she knows a lot more than she would gives herself credit to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she just assumes that everybody in a brewery knows more than she does. Yeah, and she doesn't really talk. Um, but then somebody will say something and she'll be like, "No, that's not how it works." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Are you uh, are you are you kind of working with uh, some of these new startup breweries on on water chemistry? Is that something you, you, know, you I, do I, kind of trade information and well, figure I'll, it out? I, you know, I, I love hearing anybody's opinions on anything, so I'll, yeah. I'll talk all about beer all day long. Um, I, I don't ever charge anybody, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not really a consultant. Um, but I'll go, I'll go hang out and say, "Hey, well, have you tried this? Have you thought about that?" Yeah. Um, I tend to teach by asking questions, mm-hmm. um, and I like to see what people think. And you know, I, and I'm more than willing to uh, uh, expound a harebrained idea yeah. if, if if I think I can come up with one. Okay. Um, yeah. And and I like to see if they work. And a lot of times I get my ass handed to me by people that know more than me. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I know more than them, and and it becomes a good idea. And, and so I like the dialogue. And and so I, I talk to these new brewers a lot. Um, a lot of them are kind of secretive. And I, no, really? And, and I think that's kind of weird. Okay. Um, I don't think the brewing industry was built around secrets. I think the brewing industry was built around sharing. Yeah. And I try to encourage these young kids, hey, you know, if you want to be 50 years old and be drinking good beer, you better uh, be out there teaching people what you know. Right. Um, otherwise, you're right. going to be drinking crappy beer when you're 50. Totally, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for, for, for spreading the wealth of information. We all if want you to want to retire beer. with good beer, right? Right. Well, and you know, especially <laughs> as homebrewers, we know, like Tasty was saying earlier, you know, the, you you and I make the same recipe. It's not going to be the same beer. I can't even get my assistant to make the same beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, it's, it it doesn't matter. So it's all in the in the you know in the the, the end point, the end game of of upping everybody's game. We're all trying to make better beer. I, I think we should be. Yeah. I think that's our goal. Well, I think we need to be. Yeah. I there's think we some, need there's some weird beers out there, man. Yeah, like like. Like milkshake IP. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to say it. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, you're you're I, listening, I, no, Vermont, actually, right? Actually, once somebody taught me what a milkshake IPA was supposed to be and why they were doing it, yeah. I like the idea. I, I don't think you. it's an IPA. 
But I like the it's idea. It's not an IPA. I, 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 this is no. an, a triple. It's not this a good is a, idea. A brand new style of beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's that's uh, that's paint thinner. Well, it is. It, it was designed to be hop tincture. It yeah. really was. Okay. Well, then I think you, you did. succeeded. You yeah. did. Well, now now that I've succeeded in yeah. it, now I can try to push it around into something that's more drinkable. Okay. And that, that was my goal. Well, yeah. how far to the edge can I push it? Well, now that it's on that edge, what right? Can I do? And I, and I know that, and that's why I feel comfortable saying that that's what it is. It's undrinkable for me. Because I know that you're just you're farting around, and I know your feelings aren't going to get hurt. Like normally, no, no, I wouldn't no, tell no. that to anybody. But this, you know, to me, it's I, I I don't even it's not even approachable. It's not even the realm. But that but you weren't necessarily going for that. No, I wasn't. you weren't trying to make I, I, a, I, I, a marketing beer, a marketable beer that everyone's going to like stand in line right. for ten years. The to idea was to get. go all the way to the hairy edge and then see how far back I have to go in. Yeah, it wasn't to. I, I got tired of going from sweet to dry. I wanted to go all the way dry and then work just barely sweeter. Are are the owners of Downtown Joe's really excited when they come in and you've got beers like this? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, they, uh, I am only held accountable to my accounting. Okay. Yeah. I, I could walk in tomorrow and say, we're going to drop all the ales and we're only going to do Belgian beers. That's awesome. Or I could walk in tomorrow. And, and you know what the owner would say to me? He'd look at me and say, wow, that, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> and I get paid salary, so he's, he doesn't care how much I work. Yeah. Well, the fact that this is even an experiment. But it's available at the pub, right? Right. They that makes it. That's what I'm saying. That's ballsy, dude. Yeah, right. (laughs) Again, I'm only held accountable to my numbers, and and you know the total cost of goods in this experiment is less than one percent of my pour cost for the year. You know, so it's going to make up this like point oh one percent blip in some number somewhere that some accountant's going to go. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, I like that you have the the freedom to explore. Because if if you didn't, what would you what would what would you be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Holograms. Holograms yeah. Probably, yeah. Okay. He'd be up in his uh, glider. Yeah. That he built. I don't that, know. that I almost built. The right. spreadsheet. He'll be up <laughs> in his glider spreadsheet. Yeah. You know, pultruded carbon's like the coolest thing ever, though. I don't even know what that means. Pultruded carbon. They, they carb, the, the weakness. I like how you said it again. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Didn't I say it loud enough? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, you, if you overlap carbon fibers, they get weak. So you don't want them to overlap. You want them to all be in a line. So they built this process where they, they actually get, get, get carbon pulling through a die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Individual and atoms? They, and, and, no, uh, oh. individual strands. Think bigger, Warren. And they actually pull it into a straight line. And it's called pultrusion. Oh, like, oh, like extruded, but it's pulled. But, but it's pultrusion. Okay. Right, just like extrusion, but pull. pull. Yeah. They can't push it into a straight line, but they can right. pull it into a straight line. And, and, and the pultrude is just phenomenal for glider design. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> uh, oh, God. You can fin- finish cashmere, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, now, now, you, now you can see why uh, uh, Justin's shows go for four hours. <laughs> so, okay, wait a minute. Right. I, I, think, I, I think I'm getting it. So why isn't the opposite of uh, pultrusion push... Yeah, uh, because extrusion sounded better, I guess. I don't oh. know. <laughs> okay. I don't make up these words. <laughs> it sounds like you are. Yeah, I just helped uh, define it. Yeah, yeah. I would have bet. Yeah, you make that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, uh, Google pultruded carbon rods. Just phenomenal I won't, but yeah. I appreciate the recommendation. For Look, we have a lot, of, as you know, a lot of engineers are home brewers. 
So yeah, I, I guarantee so you someone will be like, oh, and that'll be the greatest thing. To or, or they're already using it going, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're pulling one right now. <laughs> I mean, I pull on a rod, but it's not carbon fiber. Yeah, I don't remember which brand I was designing around, but it was like one specific manufacturer. Okay. That was designed. <laughs> one specific. God bless college. Uh, before we take a break, I do want to tell you guys about Great Fermentations. If you want to make some great beer, head over to greatfermentations.com. Uh, but aside from all the ingredients and all the kind of cool equipment they have, they are the largest uh, carrier of Blickman products on the web. Speaking of excellent design. Uh, Blickman does a great job. By the way. And they really do. Uh, they provide the same day shipping on some main items uh, where most vendors can take up to three weeks. Uh, their staff is some of the best trained in using the Blickman product, so you know you're going to get great customer support. Um, head on over to greatfermentations.com. Check those people out. Um, they're great folks, great supporters of the BN, and we, we definitely appreciate it. Cool equipment, too. Uh, yeah, Peace absolutely. Uh, all right, here's what we're going to do, Colin. We're taking a break. This is our last break. And then uh, we're going to come back. We're going to do some beer news if you want to hang out. And uh, Twitter game. And then, um, I don't know, that's about it. And we'll go. We'll get the hell out of here. It's the session, everyone. Stay tuned. Cheers. Yay. We'll be right back. Take your pants off. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, (laughs) nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. It's to help you out. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. Gotta try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-packed tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, they're amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a homebrewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. 
ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that Hop Tech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. Hop Tech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Tampa Bay has become a great destination for craft beer lovers with more than 60 breweries and counting, like Cigar City, Tampa Bay, and Coppertail Brewing. One of the newest breweries is Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach. Four Stacks believes that the West Coast can't have all the fun. So while we feature West Coast beer like Stone, Ballast Point, and Green Flash on tap, we also brew hopped-up ales to our liking in the West Coast style, even as they're truly Florida. Come in and see for yourself. Four Stacks hosts monthly homebrew club meetings, bottle shares, and partners with local restaurants for free food delivery while you enjoy your pint in their new town. Room. Stop by Four Stacks Brewing and support the greater Tampa Bay craft beer scene at a brand new community-oriented independent brewery. Four Stacks Brewing, bringing the best of the West Coast style and attitude. Four Stacks Brewing Company in Apollo Beach, Florida. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Everyone, welcome back. We're just uh, wrapping up here. Um, I realized, uh, Colin, I forgot to bring out your pale ale for the last segment. Uh, I think this is it. Okay. So we're drinking it now. Okay. Tell us about this beer, please, Colin. It's beer. Shit. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought it might be, but I don't know. I wasn't sure. It's definitely got a wetness factor. <laughs> you know, this beer is actually, it's a little bit flat because uh, of the way I filled the growler. But, yeah. Um it, it's good. Uh, it started off as a, uh, a tasty in my collaboration, and uh, in it uh, I kind of kept all the same hops, 
Um, I just kind of didn't make it an APA like we'd intended. I, I just made it a nice little easy drinking pale ale, and gosh, it's been one of the best selling beers we've ever done. I can see why it's really good. Yeah, it's delicious, even uh, flat. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. Uh, not flat, but you know, yeah, it's lightly like, carbonated. I, yeah, I would say it's <laughs> at the low end of what you would expect a nail to be. It's, but yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I like it. I it's drink good. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one that I, you know, if I'm back in the brewery and I'm thirsty. I'll, I'll go grab a pillow. <laughs> yeah. What kind of hops are in here? Um, the first edition is Chinook. And then uh, the second The second edition is uh, uh, Centennial, and the final edition is Centennial and Cascade. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Pretty good. And it's uh, half Maris Otter and half uh, Pilsner Malt. Okay. <laughs> just, the, just those two? Are there any specialties? No, there's a little Kara in there. A little, okay. uh, I used all British malts, so. Uh, there's some uh, uh, crisp caramel. Okay. Uh, which nice. is like C15. It's got a super complex malt yeah. malt flavor. It really does, yeah. Very rounded. Yeah. I think there's yeah. only the three. I think there's only the three malts in it. But but it's, you know, German Pilsner. It's Fireman Pilsner. Crisp Maris Otter and crisp Kara. Okay. Might, might be a little tiny bit of light munich in there. Yeah. But only a little bit. Only the brewer would tell us for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of finishing gravity are you getting on this beer? You know, I probably should know that, huh? <laughs> Minus five. Yeah, no, well, it's not above one. It's not complex enough, Tasty, it, so he doesn't know. It's probably 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3. Okay. Yeah. Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Play-Doh. Cool. Nice. Well, thanks for bringing it, man. It's, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a good It comes with drink much beer, less man. of a story than the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gather that, man. Yeah. Tasty's dying over I, here. I was like that when you interview somebody on the radio, and they're like, yeah, so tell us about your new project. It started last week. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you excited about it? Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> you know, that's another thing we didn't talk about. I have a radio show. That's right. Oh. That's right. What's it called? So do we. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's called Beer Nuts. Okay. And uh, uh, we talk Are you about... Are sued from Beer Nuts? I hope so. Okay, good. <laughs> it's the only way we'd get publicity. Um, we, we have like the same 25 listeners. We're on an AM radio station that nobody listens to. Mm, yeah. And yeah, uh, we there. don't podcast it or anything. So you have to like be in driving distance from us. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and we only talk about uh, where to go drink beers in Napa. And we don't really, it's not geeky at all. It's just like, hey, uh, if you want to have a good sandwich and, and a beer, <laughs> go over to Bilko's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bilko. I remember Bilko. Well, that's cool. Why so don't you, why don't you podcast it? Why don't you? Because you'd have to edit it. Why? Pull the commercials, commercials yeah, out? Yeah, pull the commercials out. And, yeah. you know, I start recording like five minutes before I go. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. So you got to trim the tails and get the commercials out. And, and you, don't, you don't have time for that. You know, it, it, I, I know I, I'm also not very good at it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it takes me 45 minutes to trim out a show. Yeah, well, then and you could have designed four holograms by then. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so, but it takes like a, a real tech five minutes because yeah. they can see the commercial start in the waveform, and they just cut them right out, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's done. And I, I have to listen to the whole thing, and it mm-hmm. takes forever. Yeah, I hear you. So I, I haven't done it. I, I've, I still have all the shows. I've done about 70. Wow. So I, I still have all the shows. I don't know. Maybe one day some uh, some uh, high school kid will want to apprentice at the radio station. Yeah, and, and a summer project will be to trim all my shows up. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great for the kid. He's like, God, I hate this fucking show. <laughs> uh, how long is it? You seventy shows. How long is that? Is it once a week? Two, yeah, it's every Tuesday at ten. Okay, and uh, KVON KVON fourteen forty ten a.m. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you know the uh, AM. You know the little Good Morning Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So we, we I kind of this is another wonderful beer drinking weather day in Napa Valley. You know? <laughs> 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 and we we drink beer on the show, and you know that's cool. Chat is is, there, is that legal? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is actually now. You, you oh. are allowed to drink on uh, on the air now. Oh, you oh that's oh you yeah. weren't oh. before. Oh yeah, no, no, no. yeah, you couldn't get intoxicated yeah. on, on the air. Well, not intoxicated, but I mean, no, any no, consumption really? Because yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Justin and I would drink on the FM show all the time. Well, but we didn't oh, talk we, about it. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Did we not? I don't remember. So long. Ago. I remember Carol Burnett getting uh, hammered on the show once. On your show? On no. our show? <laughs> on, on the wow. Carol show. Oh, okay. Show. Oh. Yeah. I was like, God, we had a good guest. I don't remember it. Yeah. But you know, not on our show. Fun. I, I've on been kind of. I have to do Justin's job, which is uh, a lot harder. Yeah. I, in fact, the first uh, three months, I would uh, uh, kneel in the shower and throw up for about mm. an hour. Really? Be- before I could go. Oh, yeah, it was really hard for me. Wow. But now, now it's easy. Now I don't even pay attention to it. I just show up and chit chat. But yeah, I mean, it I, was really hard in the beginning. Did the throwing up yeah. in the shower help? Uh, you know, it was a necessary evil. Much easier than uh, hey, I, I got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you not a visual show. that's doing me any good right now. <laughs> yeah. When you were throwing up in the shower, were you like, "Oh, fucking reservoir changed again"? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was really anxious about it. It was really hard to get used to. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's 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 not a uh, an easy job for sure, man. Being on this side of the mic is way easier. It totally is. Yeah, yeah it totally is. Um, is it? Can you hear it like online? No, no. It just, well, no, they they, actually, I think there is a way to to get it online, but it only accepts like the first fifty listeners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> first come, first serve. Yeah. Yeah. That's forty extra. Are you at your quota yet? <laughs> yeah. What's that? Do you have fifty listeners? I, I, you know, my mom sometimes can't get on. That's all I know. Okay. My mom tries to listen She's to me, it. and and she can't get on sometimes. So that's nice. That, that's all I really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice yeah. to see it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that when Price is Right is on? <laughs> but I haven't broadcast TV in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, man. You loving it? You know, I, I like it, actually. It, yeah. it, it kind of breaks up my Tuesday. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Drive a couple miles over the radio station, do a show, yeah. come back to work. Come back, yeah. and there you go. Broken up Tuesday. What'd you do? Well, my radio show. It's no big deal. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and, and my first wife was really into radio. That's, yeah. that's kind of why I got I had a fun time with Justin in the beginning because mm-hmm. I could tell right away he was radio trained yeah. and 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 wanted to see him grow, wanted to see him succeed and and um, no, he because my, he my did, wife was that's a producer. Sure. Oh, that's my, cool. my wife was a producer of of the sixth largest news talk station in the country. Oh, yeah, and so I knew a lot about radio. I just had never done it. Mm-hmm. So now I get the chance to run the board and yeah. you know do all that. Oh, that it's weird a blast. Geeky stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a total hoot. Yeah, yeah. Miss the commercial. <laughs> you know, <laughs> talk through the end of the show. You know, yeah, all the things that you're not supposed to do. Exactly. I, right. I think I've yeah. made every mistake my wife told me not to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, was that on purpose? No, no. His ex-wife? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You, you start talking, and then all of a sudden you, you look at your countdown timer, and you've got 10 seconds left. It's like, oh, crap. It's not like this show where you can just run on for an extra hour. Well, you can, but, uh, you, well, you can. I was, was going to <laughs> yeah. try to church it up a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the good thing about, about uh, podcasts is that... Uh, you, you know, can trim out. You can trim fat. shit out, and, and and people expect it to be kind of just long and drawn out, and um, 
Yeah, you can you can flounder and flub a little bit, and it's fine. But like broadcast radio, you got to be on your shit. You're really trying. Yeah, and and it's funny, you know. It's like the station manager's like, oh, don't worry about it. If you're 30 seconds over, you know, just just run over a spot or something. And I'm like, well, but I've got a little bit of pride in what I do. I wanted I want to do it better. I want to, I want to like just nail it to the second every time. And yeah, and, and that's kind of fun a fun little challenge in itself. Yeah. In addition to trying to actually make the show sound interesting. For sure, man. And you can definitely tell the folks who are just old radio dogs, man, who've been on the radio for 20 years, because they'll hit it every time. They'll hit the post and just and lock it out every time, man. And, and then they can also talk about Alka-Seltzer, and it's interesting. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Let me tell you a little secret about thing. I'm going to get more of this uh, pale ale here. Speaking of pale ales, Doc, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about Pico Brew, and you are brewing on my Pico Brew. Yeah, but right? I'm not doing a pale ale. But you're not doing a pale ale. No. What are you doing? Uh, I'm actually going to do a Belgian uh, Golden Strong, and oh. so I'll be adding in the, the dextrose later on, all that kind of stuff. Doing the whole thing? Yeah. So you haven't brewed it yet, but you did, uh, what did you do? Oh, I, I did all the research on how it works and everything, because you were no help. <laughs> and uh, What are you talking about? I asked you questions about this, that, and the other thing, and what? so... What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. You yep. came over to my... About how the Pico Brew works? No. Yeah, that, and then... Uh, yeah, a lot of it. You just like, hook this to this and hook that to that, and I, I want to know why and what it did okay. and how this... Hold on a second. This is your problem. <laughs> this is your problem. Okay, you've broken me down over the years. Here, here's your problem. You came to my house, and you said, what I need is for you to go over step-by-step step all the shit that happens in the Pico Brew. And yeah. I go, I can totally do that. It would be better if we did like a water brew so yeah. I could show you how it works. And you go, no, no, I don't got time for that. Let I me- just want just to know, okay. Right. So you come to my house, and I start doing it, and you go, but where does this go? Uh, you know, I have to go. Yeah. I don't yeah, well, have time. So yeah. suddenly, well, it's so, no. My life on, got complicated right there. Suddenly, it goes from it goes from Doc's issue to now JP's fault. Of course, it is. Right. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make that clear that I actually was really trying to help you, and you blew me off. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Good. Continue oh, yeah. on with the story. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of time elapsed between between. Then and now. It, yeah, well, yeah. And, and so I was concerned about you because, you know, I gave you the instructions, but the instructions have kind of changed. They've updated the instructions. Oh, uh, yeah. Since they, then. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wanted to check in on you and make sure that you were, you know, you were it's, doing okay. It's actually really simple. Um, it, I just, I just want to know the mechanics of what, what happened because I, I want to know if something messes up in the middle of it. <laughs> I got to be able to fix it in the middle of it. Yeah, totally. Um, and I want to know how. Or what? Waste two gallons? Yeah, or, yeah, it's my time. It's, believe me, it's right. my time. Yeah, yeah. you so, push the start button. You push the basically. Yeah, yeah. You, you load it up and yeah. So how, how clean? Well, you got to tell it to mesh temperature. It's clean. That's all in the you recipe. Know, I did a hot say, water rinse with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, well the, you're supposed to actually clean it after <laughs> after every five brews, right? But you can rinse in between, right? How far? How, how many? How many rinse cycles have we done? Um, it's been used. It doesn't matter. I'm cleaning it anyway. It's, yeah. It's but. it's best that you do. it's best that you do. And see, I knew this about you, and so I didn't say anything. Yeah. Because I knew you were going to do it anyway, regardless of what I told you. Right. Because my my word doesn't have any sort of weight. On it with my with well, many people. You so, can say it. No, no. So whatever I say to you, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. You're going to do whatever you do, anyways. Yeah. So right. I didn't tell you, but it's, it was clean two brews ago. Okay. Yeah. Still going to get clean. I know. Uh, but it, it is. It is. Looks like it's fantastically simple. It's, um, it, it's totally easy. It, it does it all itself. It, it it cycles it through a keg. Yeah. Which is 
really pretty cool. It's easy. Yeah. Well, so what? So what have you done? So you haven't brewed, but you you formulated the recipe. You got uh, into the actual uh, website. Yeah, I got into the website. Okay. Uh, looked at they have they have stock recipes on there, and you can formulate your own recipe. Yeah. Uh, they make it real easy, so you can just click buttons, or it says custom, and you can hit the custom button. And you how can... fast did you hit that custom button? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right away. All right. So I've, I, I basically formulated my own recipe in yeah. there, and uh, it prints. You can print it out and gives you all the kind of cool parameters on everything. Uh, as it's brewing. It has a graph that comes through because it'll hook up Wi-Fi or Ethernet. Yeah, and then it goes. It goes on the website too, and then it. Uh, that's how it comes back to your computer. I've done that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it pulls down from the database, so it'll connect, you know, via the internet to the through the database, and yeah. it'll pull your your library into the machine. So you don't need to be on the internet the entire right. But you can time. actually watch the graph from your computer. Yeah. If you want to do that, then you have to be connected. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see it actually what cycle it's in where it is yeah uh, but you so while you're you, sitting out at the pool on your cell phone yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> making big deals yeah, as, as beardy said you, you dump the stuff in it slide the tray in hit the button yeah Bam. and you're good to and go, it, just, it just goes and i've seen it like at more beers just sitting there going going yeah and like nobody's looking at it and, <laughs> everything's fine there's no boil over yeah there's it, no need it's just it just just goes so how was the the recipe side of things that went pretty smooth, no. actually. Uh, they have a lot of pull-down menus. Makes it real easy. I'm not having to type in crap, which is going to be the worst, dude. Yeah, uh, you're typing in the, the the ingredients. You're typing in, you know, uh, the parameters of that ingredient and everything else. Uh, it, it, the the pull-down menus were actually really pretty good. <laughs> good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the interface. And so I was curious to see how you were going to deal with it because, you know, I kind of got walked through it and I've used it a couple of times and I've mm-hmm. taught other people and, uh, but you and I didn't even touch the website stuff. So I was like, okay, this will be interesting yeah, to see just, how you I've can handle just them. played around on there somewhat. Um, they have other databases. You can get stock, stock, uh, recipes. You got, you can pull other people's recipes. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty intuitive. It's yeah. kind of. Cool eye candy, you know. It's, it's it's got pretty pretty colors and things on it. But the, yeah. the drop down menus are key. I mean, it, it makes it yeah. really easy, and they're they're really complete. Yeah, uh, you can you know pull your you know step mashes if you want. Do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty helpful. When are you brewing? Uh, when are you gonna do that? Well, I was gonna brew this last weekend, yeah. but I decided that since I don't have a seven gallon conical yet. Um, now I'm gonna, <laughs> now I'm gonna get one. <laughs> so you you bought a seven gallon conical because you just you didn't have one. You didn't want to ferment in a carboy, or you just exactly. did you want one anyway for, for the one time he's because that's your not your pico, pico brew. brew, right? I know. It comes back home with me when you're right. done. Right. Okay. Does your conical come? Well, with I don't you? have a pico brew yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just I didn't want to worry about uh, temperatures and. Uh, I, I'm going to double batch it. Yeah. So it'll be a five gallon brew. And, I, and with that, I, you know, my 12 gallon conicals aren't going to handle it. My 27 gallon conicals not going to handle it. Right. Uh, so I, 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 I'm going to just have to, that's why, that's why I got a smaller conical and it's going to be, it'll be heat and cooled. Okay. So I can just put it, if this, I'm trying to make this whole thing since it's a push button and set it and forget it. I want the, I want the fermentation to be the same thing. Yeah, 
And I want to see how easy it's going to be because I haven't brewed in a year at least. Wow. And because I just haven't dragged my stuff out to, to do it. I don't have my brew house anymore. Yeah. What I, happened to that? <laughs> Shut the oh, fuck up. Uh, I'm not bitter about it. No, uh, you shouldn't be. Uh, so just I just haven't haven't wanted to drag everything out. But if I can do this kind of brewing where it's going to be simple, yeah, easy, and that's what I'm trying to get the most out of it, being that way. Uh, and if it's going to be set it and forget it, I mean, it's a lot of prep work still. I mean, I've got to do the starter. I've got to do oh, yeah, the recipe prep. That kind of work. stuff. That's totally. But it's not the same as you know a full, a full all grain brew that you're doing cleaning stuff and right. throwing stuff and it's I'm not having to watch it as much. Yeah, and I wanted the same thing to see if I could get that same kind of simplicity uh, with the, with the fermentation part. Yeah, I'm not going to come home at lunch and worry about the, uh, how the carboy's doing because <laughs> my house sure. got hot all of a sudden. Right, and then I'm brewing <laughs> shitty beer like you. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, man. Uh, let so, me know how it goes. I'm just trying to get the most out of this thing. Let me know how I, it goes. And, and trying to get that. Oh, I, I, yeah. I have great expectations for this thing. I good. think it's going to be great. All right. Awesome. And I'll even let you have some of the beer. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Are you going to give it back to me clean? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, let's do some beer news. How about that? Yay. All right. Uh, ever since President Obama has eased travel restrictions to Cuba, American tourists have been plundering and pillaging the tiny country's most valuable resource, beer. Which country? Cuba. Cuba. Oh. Yeah. You Not cigars? Red Not, Stripe? Red Stripe. That's Jamaica. Oh. Yeah. Jesus, Warren. It's like you don't even know Cuba. Right. Yeah. That's... that's- the southeast, right? I think it's been illegal US? to know anything about Cuba up until recently. Right. Ooh, wow. yeah. uh, the two island favorites are called Cristal and Bucanero. And uh, oddly enough, they're both brewed uh, in some degree by AB InBev, which is kind of cool. Uh, have seen massive runs on their stock, so much so that some brands are going to great lengths to re-up. Bucanero are reportedly importing 3 million cases from their brewery in the Dominican Republic into Cuba just to keep up with the rising demand in their beer. Typically, that brewery produces around 19 million cases annually. Whoa. So they have to, I don't know, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, 3 million cases. They're 3 million short. So now they're exporting all that here. Cuba. Huh? Oh, is that beer going into Cuba or yes. out? No, no, into Cuba. Oh, from I the it was Dominican coming Republic. out. Oh. No, no, this is a problem with Cuba in regards to uh, all the American tourism. It's like up 70% or some right. shit like that since last year. Right, because seven people went instead of one. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So there's a giant run on the beer. I just recapped the first <laughs> sentence for, Thank you. for you. Uh, long term, the demand can only realistically be met by building another brewery on the island. Part of the supply issue stems from the influx of private bars versus the state run ones. Apparently, if you own your own bar in Cuba, you can buy and sell whatever you want. If the state owns your place, you are stuck with what they give you. And once you run out, you have to wait for them to restock you. So this is causing some customers to flock to privately owned joints, which apparently are, are, are on the rise. Uh, and they have the luxury of changing their buying habits to meet demand. The other issue, and perhaps more pressing for for brewers, is the delays in shipments to the country of brewing malt from the Czech Republic. I thought that was weird. I mean, they're getting they're you know they're light loggers, right? Yeah, so I guess Pilsner. But uh, there's there's delays in shipments. So I don't know if it's on the on the uh, the malting side or just shipping lanes. Something gets stuck in customs. I don't know. Yeah. But there's a there's actually a giant uh, beer shortage that nobody saw coming. Obama, well, thanks, Obama. Wow, way to go. I know, right? 
anyway, uh, I thought it was a good story. Um, uh, if you happen to be standing right now, anybody listening to the show, if you happen to be standing right now, just take a seat because what I'm about to tell you may shock you. It will destroy your world. You ready for this? Colin, are you ready for this? You're I'm sitting ready. down. Yeah. Lefe brand, you know, Lefe, the Belgian beer. Okay, them too. You, them too. Am, I, am I saying that right? Lefe? L-E-F-F-E? We'll go with that. Let's go with that. Uh, makers of classic Belgian beers. Uh, that brand is owned by AB InBev. What's more... Oh. Oh, it's no. not actually brewed in a monastery or by actual monks. What? Did you guys we, no, know we, that? We knew that part, but I didn't know about the first part. Oh, I didn't know that. That if this changes is, everything. If this is news to you like it was to me, then congrats. You can join the latest class action lawsuit. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch InBev has been sued by a U.S. beer drinker who claims he was duped into believing its Lefe brand beer was brewed in a Belgian abbey rather than mass-produced in an automated factory that also makes Stella Artois. That's Artoisy. Artoisy. I thought it was our twat. <laughs> <laughs> That's Adam and Eve here. Uh, the, per- the proposed class action lawsuit was filed on Friday in Miami uh, federal court by Henry Vasquez, an optometrist who said Anheuser's deceptive packaging caused him to overpay for Lefe beer, among them Lefe Blonde and Lefe Brune. Vasquez sued in the same court where Anheuser last year reached more than a $20 million settlement with drinkers of Beck's, who said the company passing their beer off as German, though it was made in St. Louis. So these types of suits have actually won before. This one, I think, was the first. Was was it the first one? The Bex was the first one. I think so. Because there was a guy that 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 was trying to sue Coors over Blue Moon. Oh, that's right. Did that win? I don't know. That's why I was wondering. Mm. I'm like, why don't they just show the the list of failures? Mm. I think that lost. And just not waste the Coors time with this. Who knows, man. Uh, the lawsuit states that Leff has not been brewed at an abbey since the Abaye, A-B-B-A-Y-E, so I'm not just retarded, I'm, that's what it says. Well, Abaye, I'm not retarded, because uh, that's another story. The abbey, the Leff was destroyed in the French Revolution around 1794, yet the Leff label makes no mention of this, or even that the beer is brewed alongside Stella Artois in the same plant in Leuven, Belgium. <laughs> Can you imagine the fucking label? It was right. brewed in the Abbey. Like, get I, over it, dude. I do I, prefer I, knowing all of the other beers that are made at the same brewery <laughs> of the beer right. I'm drinking. I thought the French Beer Religion was a little earlier than that. So I'm just go. I'm just going to go fuck this place up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just went out of their way. Yeah. Uh, the lawsuit seeks class action status for consumers nationwide and in Florida. Apparently, Florida is not part of the nation. Uh, who bought Lefe within the last four years. It seeks compens- uh, compensatory and punitive <laughs> damages and a formal declaration that Lefe is not made in an abbey or by monks. Meanwhile, the uh, something called the Union of Belgian Breweries provides guidance for certifying that a beer is a Belgian abbey beer, and Lefe actually meets these criteria. The representative of uh, AB InBev said to uh, some food news website, whatever, uh, they say, we believe that the labels on the Lefe are accurate and will vigorously defend our company against the lawsuit. So, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to do. But, what about uh, the people that funny. bought it uh, four years ago in one day? They're they, fucked. Yeah. They should have known better. They should have known better. Oh, all right. Yeah. How do you prove that you purchased? Do you have to, like, show receipts? Right. Well, then he's, he's to disappointed join the class because he overpaid. Right. How do you determine if you overpaid for, for a beer? Yeah. Because it's imported. How can you overpay for pretty much anything? <laughs> I don't know, because you're yeah. stupid. You're the one who paid for it. No one made you pay that. It's just not, it's not a set price by right. a contracted <laughs> price by anybody. Well, he's in Florida. What do you want? He's probably saying that if it's more than Stella, he paid too much. 
That's his problem. <laughs> yeah. He's fixing it. <laughs> Is that his argument? That was hey, all the all the beers from the same brewery must yeah. be the same price. Is that same. his issue? I don't know. Oh. <coughs> it might be. Uh, here's one that I, it's more of like a, a couple of questions. So, Colin, I'd like to get your input on this. Uh, beer drinkers love getting their hop sacks in a twist over small breweries that sell to larger ones. These buyouts are happening often enough that it's becoming common practice. Oh, I made that up. Uh, alongside these buyouts are larger breweries opening secondary facilities in places like North Carolina and Virginia, bringing huge revenue streams into those states. But what's not really talked much about is the large amounts of tax dollars being offered to lure these breweries to their destinations. More importantly, does that matter? Is there a difference in AB InBev buying half a company and fueling their growth versus, say, North Carolina offering $15 million to New Belgium just to move there, or giving Sierra Nevada $5 million in taxpayer funds to move to North Carolina? Or how about the state of Virginia giving $3 million to Deschutes to start a facility in Roanoke? As more and more taxes are used to lure brewers into states and cities far away from their original locations, how do the smaller regional brewers feel about what is essentially their money, their tax money, being used to bring in competition? Competition that has flashier marketing and a bigger name draw. This happens in every industry, though. It's just not like the beer industry. Yeah. You know, uh, Texas uh, lures uh, people out of Silicon Valley all the time by, by making sweetheart deals. You know, uh, discounted land, tax breaks. Yeah, what they, they call it cronyism or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> no, but it happens. But why not happen in the beer industry? Well, and, I mean, yeah, and so that's that's true. It does happen. I'm not Sirachi, the chili company jumped switched uh, cities. Oh, really? Uh, on one of those sweetheart deals. Oh. See, and and so I'm not I'm not saying that that's you know necessarily you know, bad or whatever. But um, I, um, the, I read this article that uh, there's uh, the guy was making some sort of correlation between uh, craft beer drinkers um, getting all pissy about you know their home team. Right, selling half of their of their entire brewery with the excuse of oh we're gonna you know we're, this is the only way we can grow uh, versus it, but so what's the difference in going hey you give me fifteen million dollars and I'll move to your city um, and, and then that kind of I guess becomes more about uh, the money aspect instead of hey what's good for the 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 environment what's good for us what's good for our business and can we and even going deeper can we should we be supporting breweries who grow on their own versus who take handouts. From local governments, I, I, I don't know if it matters. I don't know if there is an answer. It's just a weird. I don't know. It's a weird question. It, it is weird. You know, when, well, if you think about it, you know, like if a brewery moved in next to me. Yeah. I mean, some brewers consider that competition. I don't. Yeah. But but if a brewer moves in next to me and they use my tax dollars to open, I might be, be a little butt hurt. I would be um, too. Uh, yeah. Other than There's I a, would rather have a brewery next to me than than five blocks away. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want them to. If I'm too full, I want them to go next door. Just tell them have a few beers and mm-hmm. I'm slower and they can come back. Yeah, I, to come to I want more breweries. Just come to town anyway. I mean, uh, there's like a dozen uh, breweries in Asheville, North Carolina. Their business has never been better now that uh, Sierra Nevada opened up. And, uh, well, and that's what I say about wineries. You know, there's 400 wineries in the Napa it's Valley. It's a destination. And people go there because there's wineries there. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. not competition with And then the, the $3 million that they're giving in from the state or local, whatever, it's pales in comparison to the total expenditure. They're putting like $75 million into this, these, this installation. It's more yeah. of a token thing. Well, and those are small amounts and that the government's in the law, in the, in the grand in the scheme. Picture. Yeah, the, the, the tax revenue they bring back will be a lot more. Mm. Right, and, and the infrastructure that these cities have to put in to support these breweries. Yeah, it might be more than that. And so, right, and so they have the, a bunch of small ones, and the city's like, well, we need to get somebody else who's going to use more in order to generate more revenue. Right so we'll them. give them $3 million now, but 
over the next five years, we'll be bringing in 10 million more. Yeah. So you spend three to get 10. Oh, well. Take that, craft brewers. How much alkalinity does that cause? Well, that <laughs> depends on the region. Because it all, it's all the same to me. You know, I'm told the Asheville water is really nice. Oh, yeah? To, yeah. Hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why people like to go there. The Asheville water is supposed to be really nice to brew with. The brewers in Chico um, say they like the Asheville water better. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, the BA released their top 50 brewers of 2015. They released those, uh, the top based 50. Based on looks? You, uh, yes, based so, on looks. Well, um, you were number one. No. You, you had, you had the best beer. <laughs> uh, top 50 U.S. craft brewing <laughs> companies. Uh, any guesses to who was number one? InBev. Uh, uh, no, uh, by sales volume. Craft. Right? Volume? Uh, it was by sales, sales volume. volume. Yeah, so, sales volume. So uh, Yinling, Sam Adams, uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Called it. In order? In, in that order, too. <laughs> Whoa, trifecta. Trifecta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, number four is New Belgium. Five, Gambrinus. Lagunitas. Uh, six, six Lagunitas. Uh, Why are they still on the list? Well, because it's 2015, so there's an asterisk right by oh. a couple of these, New, uh, Lagunitas being one. Uh, craft volume was prorated in 2015 or will be prorated exiting craft brewer data set in 2016. So that's kind of the point of this. So, okay, uh, Lagunitas is number six. Ballast Point is number 11. Um, Breckenridge is number 47. So in the top 50 craft uh, beer sales by volume, there are three breweries that will not be on this list next year. Does Firestone Walker still gets to be on the list because of their kind of deal? 25% owned or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was. I don't I mean. What's that going to do to the to the <laughs> to the numbers this year? The, the VP of sales at uh, Lagunitas well, was a buddy of mine, and so I got to talk to him a lot about how that deal worked out. Oh, really? And it's going to be a really good thing for them. You know, they yeah. they, they it, there is no three tier system in Europe, so trying to sell your beer in Europe is really difficult. It's a huge amount of infrastructure you have to build in, hmm. and here Lagunitas gets to that whole, entirely built up infrastructure already go? built in. Plus, they get a huge cash influx. And other, other continents as well, not just to Europe. But yeah, no, right. That's exactly South right. America. Right. But, but really, they were trying to push hard into Europe, and they, were just, they just couldn't do it. Couldn't and, do it. And, uh, and this allows them to do it. They're not going to be able to produce their beer over there yet without okay. building a brewery. Yeah. But uh, it does give them the distribution network that they were lacking. That's great. That's great. But, uh, I mean, what, what is that going to do for, uh, you know, for the craft beer numbers? And we've kind of talked about this when these stories broke last year, right? Like, well, I, is it, I mean, is it, is it, are we seeing the total number drop I don't, I don't because they're going to exit? I don't think craft beer is, a, is a, a meaningful term anymore. I agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, 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 I think the term I like uh, now is independent brewery. I don't like you anymore. No, that's not, that's that's not d- better. No, that's not better. It doesn't sing to me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say. I like brew. I like brewery. I, I think I like it, beer. Any, what do they do at breweries? Anybody who they doesn't brew. pay oh. the the low tax rate, so anybody oh. over forty thousand barrels, okay, is, isn't a craft brewer. Okay, I see. Okay, so you have, you have some. Uh, you want to pick a, a volume? Yeah, I, I want to pick yeah. forty thousand barrels because that's okay. where the taxes change. Okay, oh, but, and that makes sense. And anything yeah. else doesn't really make sense to me. So forty thousand barrels. Well, the Craft Brewers Association obviously wants to keep as many big players sure, they oh, totally. as possible. Right. Well, yeah. they, they make their income. They're there. getting tons yeah. of press because, you know, look, right. beer's growing. But now, right. that's what I mean. Like, in 2017, when we're sitting here reading this shit again, 
what is it? What are the numbers going to be? It's going to be a down year. Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to be replacing them? So, um, well, who was 51, 52, and 53? They won't replace them. They'll be excited to be on the list. Who was 36? Well, I'll tell you right now. So, uh, uh, this is all on on Jay Brooks' website, the Brookston Beer Bulletin. And what he does is he annotates them. So, he figures out, uh, you know, who was first and who, you know, who replaced everybody and and what people are up and down from. So, uh, let's see. Lagunitas was number 11 last year, it was 10 this year. Um, Firestone Walker was up three. They're number 19. They were 22 last year. Um, Ballast Point. <laughs> Ballast Point last year was number 37. This year, they're 17. Wow. That's a giant spike. That's yeah. uh, well, well, <laughs> I think Sully jumped too. Sully jumped yeah. too. Yeah, the 21st Amendment. Uh, was number 49 last year, and they're up to 42 right now. Nice. Whoa, big yeah, job. That's fucking huge, man. Yeah. Uh, what number were you asking about, Colin? Sorry. I was asking about 36, because that's what I remembered Sully being. But 36, <laughs> uh, 36, no, 30, uh, Sully was 42, apparently. No, 49 last year. Yeah, I knew it was 49 last yeah. year, but I, know, I saw he did a big jump this year. Oh, yeah, 36 was Summit. Oh, Summit. Which actually oh. fell. And so, anyway, so... Nice beers. Someone has yeah. to fall. Someone has Someone, to fall. Yeah. Well, once you, get, once you get lower, 15, like 15 and below, there's a lot of downs. There's a lot of, like, uh, Stone is down one point. Um, Brooklyn Brewery was down one point. Um, Sweetwater just, Brewing, uh, New Glarus was down. Alaskan Brewing's down. Yeah, the yeah. To, because the total's so big. Right. Totally. Yeah. So like Alaskan Brewing, they were uh, they were twenty six last year. They're twenty nine this year. I, I mean, and the, I, I bet the production went up though. Probably, yeah. and so that's right. what I mean. Like some of the, these numbers kind of don't really matter, except for your personal ties. Like that's cool to see Sully jump up like that. Like that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Firestone up three well, twenty. You know, that's cool. The top but, ten are making a ton of beer. That's where the, the bottom numbers are killing, so big. dude. So and uh, you know the top three um, Anheuser Busch was this is this is just top overall overall oh. right uh, AB InBev number one for the last ten years yeah by far too right yeah uh, Miller Coors uh, same Pap uh, Brewing same so the top three have been the top <laughs> three for ten years or so and Yingling has been number four. Boston beer hasn't changed. North American breweries, whatever that is, hasn't changed. Sierra Nevada, same as last year. New Belgium, same as last year. Craft Brewers Alliance, um, and then you start you, know, you start uh, getting all the you know the other breweries washing you, out. So. You know, I, I believe Craft Brewers Alliance owns uh, Trumer. Oh, really? I think Trumer's under that umbrella. Yeah. Who else owns uh, is in Craft Brewers Alliance? There's a it, few of them. It, is isn't it? Isn't I it forget also which group it is. Company <clears throat> isn't it? The what is the. Uh, Oh, and, Shiner? Uh, Aren't they Shiner as well? I think Shiner, and then uh, oh, maybe Red Hook, right? Well, is Red Hook oh. and Kona, or is, or is that the yeah, other Kona. one? But is but is that is that the NAB? I get, oh, yeah, I get there's oh, two groups, so there. I'm not sure which group yeah, they're yeah, in. I get them getting those confused. Yeah, yeah the, but Kona and Red Hook and Widmer. Widmer is right. Uh, yeah, there's Red Hook. There's uh, yeah, Widmer, Kona, Mission, uh, Omission. Oh, Omission. Excuse yeah. me. Square Mile Cider, and uh, that's about it. In which one was that? Craft Brewers Alliance? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, Craft the, Brew Alliance. Okay. Cause then there was that NAB. Yeah, I don't know about that yeah. one. Anyway, interesting numbers. I don't know if it necessarily means anything. You know, whatever. People no. like to read a bunch of shit into, into things. But I don't know. I thought it was cool, man. Seeing yeah. people, uh, the ebb and flow of the uh, beer industry. Um, and then last but not least, uh, there's a, you know, a little fun, a little fun story uh, I, 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 thought, I, like fun. I saw on the, um, the internets here. A driver was charged for buckling up his beer instead of his kids. 
<laughs> uh, this is in Australia, of course. Uh, Brome police have charged a suspended driver. So he already had a suspended license. <laughs> after he allegedly had cartons of beer buckled into car seats while children unrestrained in the footwells. Officers said they made the discovery on Wednesday during a traffic patrol of the Great Northern Highway. Police said several children... Come on, man. Several children, including a baby less than a year old, were lying on the laps of adults and in footwells while cartons of beer were piled onto the seats. A 27-year-old man has been charged with no authority to drive and failure to restrain a child. Well, having a child in someone's lap is different than having them bounce around in the footwell. Well, like when I was a kid. Right, right, I was a kid. (laughs) But there were both. The baby was in the lap. Everyone else was running around. Well, you only have so many laps. That's true. The the responsible part is he didn't want the cases of beer flying into the children. That's right. (laughs) Right. You got to restrain something. There was a method to his madness. Right. Well, there was probably some meth involved, too. (laughs) Uh, The Kimberly District Superintendent Alan Adams said he was not surprised by the incident. Not surprised. Quote, we do have problems up here in the Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) Up in the Kimberly. Uh, It shows some of the attitudes of some of our road users in the way that they see their priorities. We're doing a best to stamp it out through enforcement, but we were also about to embark on public education, which is obviously needed in remote communities. I think he just called everyone hillbillies. Uh, (laughs) Drunking hillbillies. (laughs) It's weird that you have to public public education on, okay, so if you have a limited amount of (laughs) seatbelts... Your children come before your 24-pack. <laughs> right. Actually, this is a 30-pack of something <laughs> called Emu Export. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> is it good? It must have been a party no. that day. No. No. Oh. oh, God. Uh, Superintendent Adams said he had serious concerns, quote-unquote, about sly grogging in the area where people transport alcohol into nearby dry aboriginal communities that have liquor restrictions. This is the third traffic action we've had at that location with significant amounts of alcohol being conveyed along that route. Um, blah, blah, blah. Sly grogging is a great term. <laughs> Fucking sly grog, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. What are you up to, sly grogging? Again, a great beer name. Come, uh, come on, let's start, let's start brewing these beers, dude. <clears throat> you know, actually, I, I just did a session IPA. And, you know, all the, all the good names have already taken. That's right. You know, so we just I, 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 I resurrect I, one of my old names. I've, I've given you four in this show alone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to name it Lickety Split. <laughs> That's not Seriously. already taken. No, it yeah, was I think one, you should. It was 20 years ago. It was one of our beer names. Oh. That should be your fucking triple IPA. Because that's how <laughs> <laughs> Lickety Split. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, what's the Twitter game, Warren? Let's do oh, that. Oh, um, yeah. I think it was something like since the BN logo changed. What's the new way to get the BN discount at Downtown Joe's? What's the new way to get the BN discount at Downtown Joe's? Go ahead. I'm are ready. ready. I'm ready for these. You're ready. Yes, I'm ready. ready. Are you? Uh, I'm so ready. Are you, are you still ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's do uh, it. Kim Beerley Wood uh, says, be named after a fabric or a color. <laughs> <laughs> or, just, or, or just be a hologram. <laughs> Our pattern. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Kimmy. Um, ben the Brewer says, you disguise yourself as tasty, come in through the back, and then drink for free somehow. <laughs> uh, Frank says, uh, reciting years old... Yeah, I'm not reading it wrong. Reciting uh, years old commercial... I'm by, 13. <clears throat> yeah, guys, reciting year old commercials from memory backwards. 
Okay, that's not yeah. bad. Uh, okay, how about the uh, the McDonald's one? Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, pickles onions, onions on, on, on the sesame, sesame seed bun. bun. <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> uh, now. <laughs> okay, uh, go on. Uh, let's see. Matt. A.G. Stockwell says... A tattoo of all 296 pages of water, a comprehensive guide for brewers. <laughs> um, Yan says, volunteer an hour at the glory hole. <laughs> uh, That'll do it, yeah. man. Jeff says, several ways. Visible side boob, knowing how to give or receive a, a low handy hug, <laughs> or if your nickname is Tasty. Uh, John so A. Bad. says, taking off your pants and wearing them on your head. Colin knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Austin says, wear a mask that looks like John Palmer. Picture downtown Joe's full of a John of John Palmer's. I've got to be amazing yeah. and scary. <laughs> Amazingly uh, scary. Dustin says, show a hairy nip and yell, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know Ew. what those two combined do, but... Harry what? Harry nipple. Nip. And yeah, 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 like yeah, a yeah, hairy, yeah. I don't know, flash your titties, I yeah. guess is what he's saying. Um, that's confused. That broke tasty. Yeah. He's, he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> why, why are nipples hairy? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> shouldn't yeah. be hairy. My head twist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon says, full back tattoo of JP and Beardy passionately embracing free wings. <laughs> I would support that. Yeah, I would support that. I, I'd buy. I'd buy their wings. Too, yeah. Yeah. You know, I would subsidize that. Yeah. Uh, Wayne says, "Ask politely at knife point." <laughs> okay. Um, he knows Napa. Ryan says, "Secret handshake." Except the secret is that it's just a normal handshake. That's a good secret. Yeah. Uh, Louis says, "The BN Army should stop being so cheap and pay for something for once." <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't yeah. think they understand how this works. <laughs> that was Louie? Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, this one. Yep, that's it. Okay. All right, so the, here's the ones I wrote down. Feel free to add, uh, you know, add whatever you your thought. favorite. Yeah, add your favorite here. Uh, Kim Wood said something about be named after colors or holograms or something like that, right? Yeah, fabric okay. colors. Uh, ben says uh, disguise yourself as tasty. Uh, AG said, uh, get the water book tattooed all over you. Uh, Yan said, volunteer the glory hole. Brandon said, a back tattoo of uh, JP and Warren in a super awesome embrace or whatever. Passionate. Passionate, thank you. And then Louis says, uh, the BN should fucking start paying for something. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I, I've got one more. Okay, oh. what is it? Bring Blobber with you. <laughs> that would, oh. that, that, that would work. Handcuffed. That would do it. Blobber yep. <laughs> <laughs> gets free beer. Yeah. Uh, do we want to take any of these off, or are we ready to vote? Oh, Kim, Ben, A.G., and Brandon, Louie. Okay. Um, I like Louie's answer. The Just pay for something. For just pay for something. Uh, let me do it. Let me do this. Let me take A.G.'s off the back, the, the water tattoo. It's good. Yeah. Uh, let's take Yan's off. The glory hole. Let's take the back tattoo of you and I off, Warren. Okay. Oh, man. There I mean, you know. someone's got to get it. Someone's got to get it. Yeah. That's the thing. So, okay, so we have Kim Wood to be named after things. Ben to be disguised as tasty and drink for free somehow. And then Louie, uh, the BN Army should stop being so cheap. Who is voting for Kim? I'll vote for Kim. Yeah. I'll vote for Kim, yeah. too. Yeah, hey, I'll Kim wins. Hey, look at that, Kim. You won. <laughs> look at that. Nice as easy as that. <laughs> you, too, can be that easy. 
Uh, okay, I think that was it, man. I think I hit all my live reads. I did all the things. Uh, Colin, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming in and uh, well, thanks for having me back. Sparkling and shining, man. I know it has. Shouldn't shouldn't stay away for so long. And you brought some good beer. Well, thank you. you and, and some weird beer. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly some good beer. It was um, uh, interesting beer. I, it was super interesting. Yeah, and I don't mean to like uh, you know beat a dead horse. It was it was real weird, but it was very very interesting. So uh, in six months or a year, I wonder uh, you know how the homebrewers are going to get a hold of that shit because people are going to want it. Hey, you know, I think so too. I think it's really yeah. useful, and and it's you know it's going to take some experimenting. Yeah, totally, man. God, you brought a lot of beer, too. Better first start on that again. <laughs> Give me a straw. <laughs> you know, I don't need the growlers back. So. <laughs> Look oh. at that. That's a, fan- that's a, a yeah. computer handle and all that shit. Right. fancy. Yeah. Damn, dude. It is green, though. That's a green bottle. It is a green bottle. That's true. Um, all right, Colin, where can we learn more about your beers? DowntownJoes.com, I yep. imagine? DowntownJoes.com. Uh, I don't know how updated the website is. But, you know. And what's the AM okay. channel again? KVON fourteen forty. KVON fourteen forty. Your <laughs> home. Of, AM what's fermenting? Your home of local sports. <laughs> if you want to hear <laughs> the, the local football game, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the uh, local vintage Indians or whatever it is. <laughs> vintage <laughs> Indians. Oh. And I, actually, I think it's the Napa High Indians and the vintage. I can't remember. Where we do broadcast the football games live. The, like high, the high school, school football football games. <laughs> <laughs> Little Johnny's oh. parents. Can... The, the same guy's been doing it for about 45 years. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He probably lives in the booth or whatever. And the guy's <laughs> great. Uh, uh, has the, one of the best radio voices you've ever heard. Really? Just, yeah, amazing. Wow. Yeah, he's fun to listen to. That's cool. Um, what do you got to plug? Let's plug something for you. Got Downtown Joe's. Go there. That's more important. Water buy book. the water book. Yeah, buy the water book. Where do you buy the water book at? More beer? Yeah, more beers got it. Uh, Brewers Association can okay. order it from there. Oh, Amazon. Amazon's got it, but I don't make as much money there. So. Yeah, <laughs> go to more beer. Yeah. Go to more beer. Uh, what else? What, do you, what else you got to buy? So I don't, I don't like selling shit. I like making shit. What are you making that people can buy? Uh, well, nothing that you can buy. Beer. <laughs> what? You know, I'm actually but my my biggest home project right now is I'm building a new uh, guitar making studio. So uh, of oh. course you are. So one day you'll be able to buy a guitar. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Are you just going to make the studio and be done, or are you going to actually make a guitar? <laughs> that he's going to well, make it and then right. destroy it and <laughs> figure out how to make it better. You right. know, I was uh, a guitar maker for 10 years before I was a brewer. Oh, cool. And uh, so I still have about 30 sets of wood um, oh. that, are, that are more than 20 years old now. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of want to resurrect my tools. I still have all my tools and just kind of want to resurrect them, get them in a home, and maybe make a, a guitar for the kids or something. I want to do that with my grandma. Before she dies. Resurrect her. And, oh. Okay. Um, I, I thought you meant make her into a guitar. No. No. I thought make her a guitar. But I want to make her a guitar. <laughs> she can't use it. Ungrateful. Um. Uh, all right, Warren, are you ready? Uh, yes. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. I think next week is an off week. Um, but here, let me check the schedule before I... Uh, uh, I think you're right. Were we really on this week? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're oh, still we on. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, next week there is, uh, we are off, but the 25th we'll be back, but I don't know who the guest is, so I apologize. Ryan um, Geis. What's that? Ryan Geis. Ryan Geis? Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, Ohio. Cincinnati, right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have no, honestly, I have no idea. Great brewery, great people. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I can't wait. Sounds good. Do we have yeah. beer for that? Uh, How do you know that, then? I don't, I don't it's know. It's on that. the yeah. website. Something about you. We've got the next four or five episodes there. Huh. I should, oh. I should I should use the internet for more than porn. All right. No. Nah. <laughs> Not, Not much, much more. Yeah. No. Right. Speaking right, of that, have you watched any VR porn? <laughs> no, I don't have a VR headset. <laughs> Google Cardboard is 15 bucks. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're leaving now for the oh, third yeah. time. All right, Warren. Yeah. You ready? I'm Here still we go. ready. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you to your show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Colin from Downtown Joe's was here push-truding all of his big words and thinks on enzymes, water, and gliders. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com as J.P., Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Go check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplife.com. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. info. Follow Nathan Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Tasty McDole. Tasty McDole at Tasty McD. And Warren's adding to the noise over at Another Beardy. Today's show was produced. Bevo got us sandwiches. And your host was JP. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just comes up my sky and when it 